Hello and welcome to the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. I am your good buddy Brandon. I'm your good buddy Roger. I am your boy tonight, and I <laughs> am a happening? gentleman. Why is this happening? <laughs> what? Why? Me and Brandon were just talking about his uh, uh, his favorite band, Fallout Boy. My, no. Not my favorite band, Fallout Boy. Just the fact that I do know some damn songs. Because Brandon, how said did he's we get be, on this? Brandon says he's going to be singing some annoying songs. You, this you, whole thing. you tried to get me to say some embarrassing shit on the microphone, and I was like, "All <laughs> right, you motherfucker. said it right before I turned." And I said, "All right, on. motherfucker, I'm just going to drop in a bunch of songs you hate <laughs> just to fuck with you." But anyway, this is the worst opening we've ever done. Is this the worst one? I don't know, man. I feel like this is the worst one so far. I don't know. I feel like Send I feel like this in. isn't the crappy song Dial, and Fallout Boy podcast. Dial eight on your uh, phone if you think that this is the worst opening we've done so far. Hold and we'll on. see if we can if we can lower that bar next week. Does iPhones have dial tones? Is Good that a thing God, that let's no, it doesn't. Come on, you're now you're just wasting time. You damn right I am, Roger. Listen, <laughs> Rod. You know what? what listen, we... folks, podcasting's hard. You know what's even harder? Segways. What have you been watching, buddy? <laughs> uh, oh man. So I. I finished up Fully Cooly, of course. Yep, we both got there. I caught my regulars, dude. I got on that MHA. I was pumped about that. Pretty, I liked it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Got to see Bakugo's mom. I'm like, hell yeah, that's yeah. cool. She looked real angry. Yeah, she did. She sure did. That's that shit I like. <laughs> and his poor little dad looked like he get dominated. He looked pretty sad. Oh, man. Oh, no. It was, it was a good episode, though. And then I watched... Uh, all my other regular stuff. Full Metal Panic gave a bullcrap recap episode again this week. Oh, no. You sad about oh, you it? You bastards. You bastards. Oh. Um, but aside from that, I caught my new episode of Hina Mitsuri. There's only one episode left. I need to go catch that. It might already be out. Oh, shit. But um, Already behind the curb. Aside from that, I haven't really got to watch much. But- my, my mom has been staying over with us the past few nights. We're working on getting some stuff set up for her, so... Um, getting a little personal here that's all right no nah, it's not personal she's just, she's sleeping my mom is couch surfing right now she surfs right onto my damn couch that's nothing wrong with that man no <sighs> what have you been watching dude uh mostly same stuff caught my fully coolies caught my mha caught the second episode of uh hanebado uh the the badminton and oh, yeah. i was talking about that show's pretty legit man i'm enjoying it so it's only two episodes in i do like it how are them physics doing they still it wasn't crazy. as wild this time. It wasn't as wild, but they do a pretty good job of giving you good, uh, good attention while people are out there playing what I would refer to as goofy tennis. But it is pretty great, man. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, fun stuff. Fun little sports anime. A lot of tension. A lot of good. shuttlecocks. A lot of shuttlecocks. All right. So but yeah, man. It's pretty shuttlecock to the face. It was fairly <laughs> enjoyable. I liked it quite a bit. But yeah, man. Um, beyond that, not a whole hell of a lot. I told you. I've, apparently, this is just going to be a trend for me now. Uh, is 
downloading or going back to an old video game on my PlayStation 4 and trying to platinum it. Just finished up Skyrim, got all them trophies, and now I'm fucking with Final Fantasy 7, which has a lot of stuff that isn't hard. It just takes a long-ass time to do it. Yeah. And that'll keep me busy for at least a few weeks. I mean, basically, I just don't, I'm trying to force myself not to spend money on new games because they miss you sixty dollars a pop. Dude, you got some of those PS2 games, didn't still you? Still ain't, still ain't played no God of War yet. I heard that was good. It is good. That's what they say. All right, that's what they say. But they do say that this ain't a video game podcast. We've let's done let's that go one. ahead. Let's yeah, it'll happen again. Let's go ahead and talk about what. We are going through this week. Which is that Fooly Cooly Progressive. Is yeah, the first about. three episodes. But first... Let's give a little recap. Yeah, we're let's gonna talk a, about, yeah, let's we're talk about go, the first series. Yeah. Which Fooly was... Fooly Cooly Classic, if you will. It was an amazing series. It, <laughs> it was very good. Six episodes long. Groundbreaking. Um, that's, no, that's, an, of, that's an OVA, right? You call that an OVA? No, I would, six episodes? I would call it a full series still. I guess maybe no. you could you could probably call it whatever you want, but look, I don't know the terminology. Yeah, I just know I liked it. Yeah, it's really good. It's been played a whole lot here. It's very, very, very popular. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen it for any reason, you absolutely should because it is good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like completely necessary to get what's going on. Because here's the thing: if you watch this series progressive without having seen the first Food Coolie, I would say you need just a little. Well, I mean, here's what's going to happen: is you're going to be like, "Why is shit popping out of that kid's head?" Why are they fighting with guitars? Why is that person glowing and flying around? And you know what? I bet if I watch the first series, I'll get some answers. No, you goddamn won't. Not really. No, you you'll, won't. Just, you'll get introduced to the characters. You'll get introduced to, uh, to one character from this show. And you might you might later be like, oh, that guy looks like that guy. And that's about it. Yeah. Like, that's really it. it. It doesn't... There's not a whole lot of connective tissue there other than the subject matter. And it's mostly... It's mostly not even the subject matter. It's just like, you know, a bunch of terms and whatnot. I almost said terms and conditions. That's not right. This ain't a fucking iPhone. But let's give like a very brief recap, right? Sure. Like, first of all, let's talk about this because we had this discussion. Like, where was the st- it's Studio Gynax? Yeah. So at the time, um, you, this, were, you were saying they were like, this yes, was them showing this, off. This was, a, this was a switch between... Cell, sh- like the cell drawing animation, mm-hmm. essentially where you would do a bunch of frames, you would paint them frames, you would flip them as they're being recorded, and you'd have a backdrop behind it, and that's how you made your your animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very hard and time consuming process. This fucker's such a fan of GTO, he owns some cells from it. I sure do. I own <laughs> some of GTO, um, but it was it was very time consuming process, and then around two thousand. The uh, company started switching to digital animation because it was cheaper. Mm. It's much easier to do. A lot faster, too. Yes, and it was way faster. You could start pumping stuff out like crazy. This this wasn't the first, but it was like one of the big, well, certainly one of the biggest ones to to use. This might have been, I think this was Gynax's first first digital. And we're not we're not anime historians. Don't call us on it. Yeah, I'm I'm close, but I, I, I think that's about right. Uh, if it wasn't their first, and it was their second. And essentially, this was a, a show of power because the animation in the original Fooly Cooly was so far above anything that had really been done at that time. And it was still letterboxed. Yeah, and, and <laughs> anything that was, you know, other people were doing digital stuff, but it did not look nearly as good as Fooly Cooly. Mm-hmm. Fooly Cooly still holds up to this day. So basically what you're saying is Gynax was like, hey, y'all doing some pretty cool stuff. Check this out. Zip. Yeah. They. Yeah. Yeah. 
They whipped out that big ding dong. <laughs> they pulled up their sleeve, man. They showed off them peaks. And so got, they, they were just, jacked, they just man. started flexing on everybody. They had veins the size of Pennsylvania. Jesus Christ. Okay, that was a lot to... <laughs> you went a completely different way I thought you were going to, and I'm fine with but it. But the animation is, is so good on the original Fooly Cooly that I would, I would confidently say that I see anime coming out in the past uh, couple of years that the animation isn't as good as Fooly Cooly's animation. It is very, very smooth. It is very fun to look at. Yep. My whole thing with the series, my, my point points about it were that there's a lot of stuff you'll see, like, the, so the whole thing's very confusing, and we'll give a, we'll, we'll, I think we'll, like, give a brief run through of, like, a synopsis of it, but the whole thing is, like, there's a lot going on, and you gotta remember, this is a company that did, like, for example, like just a couple years, I think literally like a year before this was one of the Evangelion movies, and then a couple years before it was like nine. Evangelion was like ninety seven, right? Uh, ninety seven, ninety eight is one of those. But yeah, they this is the same company that did Neon Genesis Evangelion, huge thing, a lot of like big themes, just deconstructed mm-hmm. the whole giant fighting robot thing. It uh, certainly, for sure, Gainax's biggest, most popular, best known thing they've ever done because it's still fucking going. It was huge and massive, and it had a lot of overarching themes and symbolism and whatnot. And I feel like. When I watch this show, there's a lot going on, and you might be, and a lot of people have been tempted to say, well, this means that, and maybe this is that, and maybe this is what this is about. And there is some of that, but for the most part, it's just like, I feel like they basically just said, man, that was real heady. You guys want to fuck around? And then they did fuck around, and they fucked it so right that it made like one of the best series ever. (laughs) Is that what? They fucked it so right. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) I'm going to say fuck a lot, Um, sorry. Uh, Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. the original was uh, actually 95 to 96. 95 to 96. And then yeah. go down, uh, you're, I think you might be looking at the same list I was earlier. Like, they had a movie that was like 98 or 99. Yes, Death and Rebirth. And then 2000 was Fooly Cooly. Oh, okay. So it was like, so you somewhere know. Somewhere in there in hey, Evangelion. Look, we, we're not going to go through their whole fucking... Yeah, the, the discography. Even 1997 though that's not what it's was Death and Rebirth and End of Evangelion. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, probably Fully Cooly. Fully Cooly was 2000. Yep. I think it's for down under OVAs because I said it's probably an OVA. It's almost. Yeah, it's 2000. Anyway. 2000. <laughs> anyway. Uh, looking at this The laptop. whole series, a lot of people debate what it's about. I am often, I go for the route of that it's a a becoming of age story. For sure. It's a, you know, it's also about, you know, sex. A lot of sex. I mean, it's about. Swing that bat, Talcoon. He does. I mean, there's a lot of phallic imagery. The whole thing, like, okay, so the whole fucking show focuses on this kid named Nauta who lives with his dad and grandpa. And he has an older brother who's not in the picture. It's about him, his friends, this older girl who was dating his brother. And now he's not there. So she's like basically just taking out what her sexual frustrations on him by like yeah. cuddling with him by the river and shit and then this fucking lady shows up riding a yellow scooter and beats yep. the shit out of him a couple of times all of a sudden he's got robots popping out of his head he gets a robot best buddy who just lives with him and like mm-hmm. is their maid then the lady moves in and she's the maid her name is Haruko etc etc all of a sudden she's, he's cooly finding cooly, out man. he's finding out that she claims to be a fucking intergalactic alien they don't say it in the series but she's uh, in the manga apparently she claims to be from like the fucking space brotherhood or some bullshit Mm -hmm. which is opposed to medical mechanica which is some some faction we don't really know what their deal is clandestine organization yeah but there's like a huge they live in this city called mabase and there's a gigantic iron that is the medical mechanica building it looks like a giant iron every and every day like 
steam billows out of it. It looks like it's a literal iron. And these, and then there's another group that shows up. Uh, there's a dude named um, Amaro, Amaro, or something like that, who has these crazy eyebrows, and he works for them, and he claims to be the good guy, and he actually knows what Haruko's real deal is, and he says you can't trust her, and blah de blah. And then he he apparently works for like the intergalactic fucking immigration services or something who like has satellites and shit and may or not may, may or may not be in uh, in with the government and shit. And then the the fucking robots popping out of this kid's head are doing so because of something called NO, which is some kind of energy that utilizes the energy of the left and right brain and opens a portal to other other shit and like shit just comes through it out of his head. Mm-hmm. It doesn't if you're if I've lost you. Because you haven't seen it, even if you have seen it and I've lost you, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, it's wild, it's wet, it's crazy. It doesn't. It's not supposed to make sense. The fucking director even said, "Listen, understanding isn't a big thing with this show. Like he doesn't. It doesn't. You have some fun, basically. I mean, one of one of the best lines in the whole thing is during like one of the next time on Fooly Cooly things. It's one of my favorite lines from anything ever. Haruko, the crazy lady, says. Uh, it takes an idiot to do something cool. That's what makes it cool. Like, I feel like that that's a pretty good through line for this thing. Mm-hmm. But it gets real wild. Eventually, like, all the all the all these robots coming out of this kid's head are vaguely hand shaped. And eventually, like, a giant one actually grabs that iron. And apparently the whole the whole what appears to be happening is that this mecha- medical mechanic the way they say it is, oh, they want to iron out the wrinkles like the wrinkles in the brain is a metaphor. They just mm-hmm. want to they want to flatten everything so that there is no thought or no anything else. And then the whole ending of it is you find out that there's this guy called Atomisk mm-hmm. who might not even be a real thing. He's just literal the embodiment of this N.O. energy, which appears to come from like. Uh, desire sexual or otherwise youthful energy call it what you want Mm -hmm. but he is the literal embodiment of that and at the end of the show he ends up uh haruko like ends up throwing this kid nauta into the robot which consumes him it turns red when it turns red we know that's adamus power that's what that is and then the fucking yeah, Haruka's def- desperately seeking for it. That's that's what you find out. That's yeah. the whole point of her being is she's trying to get this guy. Is it because she's like actually a space police person, like she said, and she's trying to stop him? Don't find out until the very last episode. But she, the fucking uh, guy with the crazy eyebrows, turns out they're not real. He's got little baby nothing eyebrows because he's not that manly. <laughs> um, is and she he basically says no. I'm trying to stop, and she's like I don't care. I know what I'm here for and I'm going to get it. And the fucking robot turns red and then like something happens and you see Nauta, what appears to be Nauta, but glowing red with this crazy energy come out of this thing. And he has that power and Haruko flips her shit and starts battling him, screaming, no, I'm supposed to eat him. I want it. I want it. Whether or not she actually cares about this energy, this supposed consciousness or whatever or not, she wants to have that power clearly. And dude ends up like basically giving it up and admitting that he has feelings for Haruko at the end of it. And then a giant ass Phoenix like flies out of fucking Conti and some shit. And that's Adamisk. And then it flies away. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it is crazy. Also, there are guitars everywhere. Guitars everywhere. Everybody's got a guitar. The guitar is your bat. And they're, um, they're it's how you, it's what you used to There are guitars that you could. Yeah, uh, fucking Adamus was like a Gibson LS invite, something yeah. something something. Yeah, it's like crazy shit. It's really wild. And also the scooter that she rides on flies. 
Yeah, it's a I Vespa. I mean, why the fuck a not? yellow Vespa. It's a yellow Vespa. She's and all the music in the show, there's tons you, and tons of music. Now, can you imagine? It's all if, done by the pillows. Can you just imagine, my fellow good buddies, if all my summaries were that goddamn quick? <laughs> yeah, we, it'd be amazing, man. Hey, fuck you. Anyway. Anyway. But it's a good, it's crazy shit. It's good shit. And yeah, now, it's totally worth watching. And they just got the next season out. This has been 18 years coming. Yeah, actually, I don't think anybody ever thought this was going to happen. I didn't either. Last really year, didn't. a year before, they started announcing. They were talking it. about, like, hey, what? this thing, and I was like, but for real? How? I don't know, man. It's weird. It's here though. It's here, and we're talking about the first three episodes. Of so, we, are we starting it up? We're going to start it up. Episode one. Episode one. Restart. R e colon start. Yeah, there's a colon in there. Sure, why not? Oh damn. All right, let's do the thing. So we start with this dream. We find out it's a dream, but we see this gray world. There's buildings that have collapsed. Everything's destroyed, and you see this girl walking through it while the amazing song plays, of course. Uh, it's called uh, Thank You, My Twilight, which is my favorite song from this. And we didn't even mention the amazing soundtrack in that first year. It was I, did, I did I did a little bit. I, you did, talk I did about a little say, bit. yeah, the soundtrack music. was baller. It's all by the pillows, and this the pillows have returned for mm-hmm. this as well. A lot of songs that were... I mean, that's one thing that we do need to point out is that usually when you get these, like... It's like, okay, we have uh, the animation, and if some if there's like original music or something, it's like, you know, set to go with this specific animation in these shows. That's how they do these mm-hmm. usually. This one, they took a rock band called The Pillars. They were like, hey, we like your music. We're going to make the scenes after your music. They're going to do it the other way around. And they did, and it was fucking baller. And they had yeah, so much good so stuff. good. So fucking and good. And this, this sh- I think that this show doesn't... Uh it's. I wouldn't say to me. It's not as good as the first one, but it still doesn't disappoint. No, I think it's. I think it's decent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you see this girl walking through. Uh. She's saying some stuff like the world must be destroyed before it can be made beautiful. She's literally falling apart. She's zombified. Her hands are falling. Her hands literally fall off as she's running. She sees these giant irons in the distance, mowing down everything, just flattening out the whole world, and they're coming this way, obviously. Um. She's got these headphones on. There's a crazy huge fo- horn that appear that looks like the end of a sword, like a katana mm-hmm. sticking out of her head straight into the air. Wild stuff, man. And she approaches this huge, what appears to be a huge dead thing, which I didn't catch it the first time. We'll talk about it in a second. But she approaches what appears to be a gigantic just brown smear, and you see that it's like some kind of dead thing. And she gets close to it, and a giant eye opens up on it. And it her forehead like pings and she starts freaking out and then she like transforms the headphones fall off her horn grows out of her and she transforms into this wild looking robot and she attacks uh, this robot wow it looks really fucking cool it's really cool it It flies off it attacks those big uh irons like knocks it into the air destroys it and then the clock there's like a big clock that uh, uh, is like in the ruins or whatever, like a kind of like a clock tower looking thing. It was huge. Maybe the clock on the school probably. And it clicks to one o'clock and she goes and she wakes up in her bed. And this is where we meet Hidomi Hibajiri. It's 6 a.m. Her alarm's going off. Got to give up. She lives with her mom upstairs of Cafe Hibajiri, which is a cafe that her mom runs and she runs it with her. And Hidomi comes downstairs. She's dressed and she stopped by her mother and she says, come on, you know, you got to say good morning. And she doesn't at first. And her mom, I love this one. She tells her, you know, I really love the, that Sundare attitude you yeah. got going on. But <laughs> that was pretty good. 
which can you define that for me? Uh, Sundere is, it's essentially, it's like a hot and cold attitude. Like you're really like, yeah, like mostly cold, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, very standoffish, but you know, you have the ability to do sort of uh, more righteous things or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like uh, instead you'll of like, find it a lot in like anti-heroes and stuff yeah. like that. As opposed know, to like I, a I super cutie kid that will like be all over you. And yeah, stuff. I don't know if it applies just to female characters alone. I've only ever term. heard it applied to female yeah, characters. Yeah, me too, but um, I, I just have always assumed that it, it is female. But yeah, essentially it's hot and cold. Gotcha. Hot and cold characteristics. So mom offers breakfast. She declines breakfast. As she's leaving, mom stops her again. She says, good morning, mommy. And then she leaves. Ha ha. Uh, as she leaves, a woman uh, is watching her, what appears to be from the highway, through some uh, binoculars. Uh, and this she woman... She is in a very fancy car, which has been identified by some people online, because I don't fucking know cars, as a Chevy Bel Air. Yeah. It's one of them. It looks... All I can say is it looks like something you drive around in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like, yeah, it looks it's, exactly like It's a Bel Air, like and she, you can see a guitar, as we noted from the first season, there are mm-hmm. these guitars... She has a Fender Jazzmaster. You really, you got all the stuff, huh? Yeah, man. All right, we're doing this. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, I do. I do love this one. At uh, she as she's go as she's walking to class, like every now and then, mostly only in this first episode. I have I don't remember seeing it in any of the other episodes. But as she's walking, she always has these big black headphones on with these light up uh, LEDs on them, and they have little cat ears. And as she's walking, she's just like sketched out it as like a kitty. She looks mm-hmm. like if you drew, if you yeah, like just like, drew like a sheet that you was ever like seen a ghost. Full Metal Alchemist, some, whenever they do Ed yeah. or whatever, or sorry, Al is trying to hide something in his big suit of armor. Yeah, and he's just like a blob. Yeah, he's like, just like he big, just looks like a ghost blob. Yep, that's what she looks like, but with little kitty ears. Yep, it's adorable. I love it. Um, but she gets to class. Uh, there's some boys in the class, and we meet the main guy of this series, perhaps. Uh, whose name is Ide. We find out it's actually Ko-Ide, but they never, no one ever calls him Ko except his mom. He's got a big bandage on his head. This is, of course, uh, having, if you've seen the first series, you know that he's probably covering up some kind of crazy horn or some shit under that bandage, but maybe, maybe not. He talks about how you hear him talking about uh, having spent the night with someone and the other guys are like, so you're saying the teacher spent the night at your house? What the fuck? You like... Sounds like some shit from the first series. And as they mentioned mm-hmm. that, you actually see uh, a brief shot outside of a yellow Vespa parked outside the school. But they go on. He uh, he doesn't want to give any details, blah blah He does uh, pull out, like, a ticket to an art gallery. He's like, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to... Tra- He's trying to woo somebody. You know, uh, oh, chicks dig this kind of stuff. <laughs> going to woo somebody. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Well, because I'm trying to sing over the dog barking outside. All right, you'll be it's fine. It's borking up a storm. Oh, dude. you'll be fine. Bork, bork. Borky, bork, bork. Anyway, uh, his friends are like, but you don't even like her. I was like, well, yeah, but I mean, maybe it'll deepen our relationship. They're like, your relationship? Like, these two kids that are his best buddies, you find out are Mori and Marco. Uh, Goro Mori, and I don't remember Marco's first name. I don't know if it was ever mentioned. But yeah, they're his besties. Um, but he shuts completely up when Hidomi walks in and sits. Uh, she and him are both in the back row of the class on opposite ends of the room, her close to the window, him close to the wall. Um, uh, Marco Nagata. Marco Nagata, that sounds right. 
Um, but yeah, uh, he ends up, he, he doesn't want to talk about that anymore. Once Hibijiri shows up, the music even stops. It's a real, whoa, like kind of moment where he's just kind of looking at her as she sits. But, uh, the kids want to, the, his friends want to hear more. He doesn't tell anymore. Instead, they start talking about fucking, uh, Maury's skirt that he's wearing and the, and the fact that I can see your underwear. Hey, don't be looking at my panties. Don't call them panties. It's a really great scene. I love that. Yeah. But, That's uh, cool. Yeah, he's he's wearing yeah. a straight up skirt, and he's like, "It's unisex, unisex." Yeah, I mean, if you even mention gender in the, gender in the fashion world, you you're, you may as well be living in the past. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking nuts. And everybody, and everybody, every now and then they'll just be like, "In that right, Marco?" Yeah, whatever. Like he just agrees with everything. Yeah, I love Marco. He's adorable. He just he just smiles and says, y- "Yeah, sure." But um, anyway, that goes on for a little bit, and then uh oh, when they talk about panties, here's one. Uh, Maury, uh, the kid with the skirt, says something about, well, uh, just because you get to spend all your time at Miss Shimizaki's Panty Buffet. I guess that's the teacher's name. Holy shit, Panty Buffet. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Anyway, teacher arrives. Uh, well, what she's would you a, do at a Panty Buffet? I mean, I I don't know. I, I eat at a buffet. I don't want to eat panties. Yeah. I feel like story over. Like, what the fuck? It's pretty funny though. Yeah, pretty funny. Teacher arrives. She is a <laughs> fairly normal looking lady and like, you know, teacher clothes. She's got these big swirly glasses, blonde hair. Um mm. and yeah, she <laughs> she gives a brief rant about the youth and their lack of direction. And, and the thing with her is that when she talks, she talks very quickly and just like this and blah de blah blah. She doesn't really ever stop talking or pause yeah, or the same, she does not pause her um she does not her. Yeah, she's very monotone for the whole thing. Um, and she talks about uh, the youth and their lack of direction, their animalistic sexual, jerking their animalistic sexual urges, she says, which I thought was pretty great uh, word use. Um, but yeah, she apparently she's only she says that uh, she's only been there a week. And I must say, in that amount of time, I've already taught you everything I know. Um, so then she opens up her laptop and she says, let's get to the lesson. And the next thing it cuts and you just hear porn sounds. Straight up porn sounds sounds like porn, and you see her sitting at a, at her desk at the desk across from Hidomi, who is just sitting there looking at a laptop, apparently watching porn. Mm-hmm. It is never explained what the. It is never explicitly saying it's for sure porn. It's like for sure porn because mm-hmm. it just. I mean, it's all like oh, trying to see. Oh if- my god. Oh, teacher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why would you? We shouldn't be doing this. Oh, teacher. Oh, it's like, Jesus Christ. It's like she's trying to make them overflow. Okay, now see, this is a thing we need to talk about right now because overflowing is a thing that keeps coming up in this show. Mm -hmm. In the first series, overflow is mentioned, I think, just the one time by uh mamimi who is the girl who yeah, like i'm gonna overflow i'm gonna overflow i'm gonna overflow it's never fully explained what that means maybe she's like you know losing control of her urges or whatever or something yeah but it's not explained it's never it's, it's never like, used again i think i think what it means it's like an emotional explosion that You're makes melting sense to me. down no i think that makes sense to me but my thing is this is one let's just say it now this is one problem i do kind of have with this series Whereas, if you watch the original FOCIA, it feels like it was just crazy fun. Yes, there may have been some meaning here and there. And yes, it was for sure like a coming mm-hmm. of age story and all this stuff. And the kid like coming to coming to terms. It was a kid who like was trying so hard to be serious and an adult and then coming to terms with, no, you're a kid. Be a kid. And experience like your sec- your yeah, urges and whatnot, be, be they sexual or otherwise. Bat, okay. Exactly. Like you, this shit you got. This is shit that happens. 
they but it seems like this series and maybe I'm off base here it seems like they just like well, what's uh, what's some terms and shit that they used in that one? Overflow. Let's just keep saying yeah. overflow. That sounds like that's a good. That'll the, make them think of, of that. Overflowing. They talk about it a lot. Yeah, they say it a lot, a lot, like a whole whole lot, like not just a, and and like so. I I was thinking, okay, maybe like overflowing is like a, a female character experiencing the shit where shit's flying out of their head or something. It's like no, they talk about like uh, e day overflowing later. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't, I don't know. It felt weird, but. I'm I'm trying to see. This is the thing. Like I've said several times, you can't pick apart Fooly Cooly because it just doesn't work like that. It's so crazy yeah, and nuts. It's true. And yet here I am, fucking trying to pick apart. We're doing our best. I'm picking apart progressive. Like we're a doing fucking our breast. asshole. Our breast. Yep. All right. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, she talks about the thing. Um. But yeah, she. The whole time she's like making uh, her watch probably this porn. Uh. Hidomi has no reaction. And the teacher is just like, wow, can you give me something at least? You don't want to wait until you're over the hill to hit adolescence, do you? All right. Anyway, who's who's next? He, like, dismisses her, and Ide's next in line. He's like, me! And she's like, oh, I don't need to test you, Ide. <laughs> like, she already fucking knows. Um, so then later, Hadomi sits. She's outside of the... Uh, outside. She sits down at her desk, and then outside uh, the window, she sees the medical mechanic mechanica building of course one of these big ass irons this apparently takes place in mabase the same city as the first series which is kind of nuts to me because in that one the the fucking uh, giant iron got lifted off the ground and then dropped and it was crooked and sticking out of the ground and Mm -hmm. now it's like back to normal i guess they fixed it whatever but outside uh steam is like just billowing out of the fucking building cut ahead back at the cafe hadomi's working table she's ignoring the customers the old guys love it there's like one goofy old guy who like is really happy to be ignored. There's a dude with an eye patch, and there's a slightly younger dude with a hat and red hair on. You yeah. come to find out all three of these guys yeah. work for the same thing later. I love when she talks down to us. <laughs> yeah, they they love it. a bunch of what did we say? A bunch of masochists? Mm-hmm. Is it masochist or sadist? So it would be more of a masochist, okay. I guess. Because they like being they like they like they like right? they like being punished. Sure. Now now masochism mm, masochism is a little different though. It's, it's what like it's what Bakugo's dad has pain. going on. <laughs> they like pain. They like to feel pain. They like hurting themselves, injuring sure. themselves. I got you. Makes them feel alive, dude. I get you. That's why I do it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she she ignores these dudes, but does end up giving their stuff. Like the one guy asked for a towel, and then the scene ends with her like flinging a towel into his face. It's pretty great. Outside, she has a brief talk with mom as they're uh, as she's like closing up the shop, and uh, mom looks up at the big iron, the big metal mechanical building, and says something like, "Man, the plant here looks just like the other one." So it sounds like they moved from somewhere else that also had one of these uh, big irons. She says, "I wonder where he is right now." And you kind of guess she's talking about dad. You find out later that, you know, you know dad's not in the picture, so, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hidomi just stands there kind of agape, like, not really saying anything, and her headphones are just whirring on her ears. Also, I do want to say that I highly recommend, once you finish the series all the way through, watch it again. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I didn't catch the first time through. We, we've watched it, like, as it was airing, and then we watched it. That's the glory about it being six episodes. Yeah, it's uh, really easy to rewatch. Yeah. Maybe you can watch this twice and still not hit it. It's like a movie. There's a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, she, uh, mom says, maybe we should just stop waiting. Maybe we should. And, like, Hadomi starts to say something, but she's caught off by an approaching car. That woman who was watching her earlier is in that fucking Chevy. 
in the back seat, not driving. The car's just driving itself, apparently. And she just runs the fuck over Hidomi. Mm-hmm. Flings into the air, spinning around, hits the ground. It's fucking brutal. And then she does a sweet ass that Akira slide. She does one of those in the car. It's fucking sick. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. The yes, motorcycle slide. Yeah, she fucking does that in the fucking big ass Chevy. It's great. Um, and then she gets out and she approaches mom's like, hit on me. Oh my God. <laughs> this part is so great. It's dude. really great. And she walks over and she says, good thing I showed up when I did another moment and she could have overflowed like this. She's like, what the fuck? And, uh, yeah, unfortunately she's still alive. Yeah. She looks at her and she says, and, and she sees that Hidomi still breathes. Like I was sure it was a fatal hit. Oh, unfortunately, ma'am, I'm sorry to say that your daughter will be fine. She's like, what? That's unfortunate. What the fuck? It was like really <laughs> fucked up. Um, Hadomi finally gets back up. Her headphones were knocked away from her. The woman, when she gets up and looks, the woman is wearing the headphones. No sound coming out of him. Uh, and Hadomi's like, give them back. And she looks at him before she does. And she, they have, they do have on the side of them what is clearly appears to be an MM logo. We can assume Medical Mechanica. Mm-hmm. So uh, she gives them back. And as she starts to walk away, she says, uh, you, the, there's no sound coming out of these. You know, they don't suit you. And then uh, she says, "You pretending to, that you can't hear people. That's like your thing, right? And she says, you know, when you hit pause on the world like that, your body will start to rot away. And and she says, is that what you want? And Hadomi, like, turns around, like, shocked. And she has memories of that fucking dream she has where she was a literal zombie rotting. Who boy. Uh, and then as she finally does go, she says, be careful of the woman on the Vespa. Like, like a warning. And she drives off. And I love this part because mom jump. Mom's adorable. Yeah. Mom's super cute. And she jumps up and she's like, Hadomi, did you get her plates? And she's like, doesn't say anything. She's a little cat outline again. She's like, don't ever grow up to be an irresponsible adult like that. And then Hadomi just says, who was she anyway? I don't know, but you got to admit she was really cool. Yeah. It's like, what? she just she's almost really cool. killed your daughter <laughs> and you're fine with it. <clears throat> it's fucking great I do want to point out this girl just got destroyed by a fucking car and she's back on her feet like nothing happened like yeah. holy moly dude this fucking show anyway about to overflow. so back uh, that, that leads me to believe that overflowing just doesn't isn't uh, built around sexual tension alone because maybe was, maybe not well, it's any strong emotion yeah. yeah it was it was a moment where she they were talking, talking about, about like her, father, her yes. dad and like obviously there's a lot to unpack there when daddy ain't around and you're talking about any parent who's not around anyway uh, cut ahead it's nighttime. Uh, Hidomi is watching some YouYube which fun fact if yeah. you pause it and you punch in that uh, that URL into actual YouTube it takes you to the first trailers for progressive and alternative. I'm going to go to youtube.com right now. Well, it's not youtube. You go to YouTube and type in the URL. Yeah, I'm going to youtube right now. All right. But uh yeah, pretty cool. Um it's you YUBE. I don't think youtube actually exists, dude. We're or going it, to it. Okay, well, night. I'm saying if you It go, doesn't exist. If you do the you if you put in YouTube slash and then the string of characters, you get to those tra- that's the point. Why I know. You, well I was just seeing if it was another website. I was just I was just typing in it. Just see fucking, what happened. You fucking ding dong. It was for science. Man. Anyway, while she's watching some YouTube, she's she's saying to herself, uh, that she's nothing. She says, There's nothing I want to be, nothing at all. All there is is zero. She's like it's pretty depressing. I think it's pretty, it becomes pretty obvious that, like, Hidomi is depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, she goes on from there and like she remembers that dream again. Her headphones start twirling and she stands up and like slams the table and she like stops. And then outside she hears sirens wailing from the medical mechanical building. She looks out and the fucking building is lit up. And out her window, there appears to be a camera on a tube. And she's like, what the fuck? And then a robot attacks her from outside. And it appears to be like a giant clam with like these spidery legs and these tentacles with like claws and cameras on the end of them coming off of it. Like those are its eyes and shit. And it pulls her out. If you pause it just right, you can in fact see Eday hanging off the back of it like like a dingleberry. Oh, that's pretty Which is great. pretty great, yeah. And then uh, it th- pulls her out of the window. She's on the gr- she's out in the street. Uh, she is wearing like just you know, like shorts and a t shirt. Like she was about to go to bed, no shoes or nothing. And she like just fucking takes off. The thing chases her. At one point, it stops and like bends forward, and you see Ida fly off the back of it. Like it finally shook shook that dingleberry loose. And he just lands like a fucking spear in yeah. the ground Pink. in front of her. Like just stiff like a as javelin. A yeah. yeah, like a javelin. And she's like, eat it. And he's like, oh, it don't mean what's. And they talk for a second. And then it like, boom, like hits the ground next to him and starts chasing him again. And they both take off uh, from the road, from the highway, maybe up above. You see Jin Yu following in the car. And uh, as she does so, she says, it's it's moving. But which is it? Like, she's not sure what's going on here. Like, who's it after? Is it is it uh, Hidomi or Ide or whatever? Uh, they run across the bridge. I say the bridge because it appears to be the same bridge that was in some that was in that for sure, like the first episode of uh, the original series, a lot. And Ide uh, tells Hibajiri, uh, he's like, "What is that? Where did it come from?" He's like, "Oh, it came out of my head." Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, they end up in a junkyard. Uh, it reminds Hibajiri of her dream with the fucking thing, you know, uh, the, the, the 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 zombie dream. The robot arrives again, throws Ide to the ground, just beats the shit out of him. More flashback. Her head starts glowing. Her headphones whir, and from the ha- from the shadows, you see what definitely appears to be Haruko watching all this. Like she's like under some junk somewhere, and she's like, "Oh yeah." Suddenly, Jinyu arrives, drives off the road in the robot, fucking nails it with this car, and then revs up her guitar because these guitars have fucking like they have rip cords on. They have rip cords on. They look like yeah, they look like lawnmowers or or chainsaws or something. If you ever had to do a push mower or whatever, Jesus, and you gotta you gotta you ever seen that dance the lawnmower? No one actually does that. Some people do it, dude. I mean, you do. Really cool people do fucking fucking white people they get on the dance floor and <laughs> they fucking, do the fucking. lawnmower break into the sprinkler foolish <laughs> you ever done a sprinkler before what about the electric slide nah man i i dance dance we're falling apart to halftime what, right. what about I got the ma- one that was one baby what, I got what about one the macarena i don't do the macarena of hey. course everyone did the macarena back in the early 90s at least once anyway this isn't the Macarena podcast. It's not the dance podcast. Like, why are you... Why are we talking that? But yeah, she revs up her guitar, smashes the shit out of that thing. And after she does, uh, Hadomi, like, actually, you see her just foom and calm down. Like, her headphones were glowing red, like some shit was about to go down. And she just kind of shoom, chilled out. And as she's standing there, uh, Jinny says, so that's how it is, huh? And Jinyo goes over to Ide and asks, "Where the woman who, uh, where's the woman who did this to him? Where's the woman who pulled that out of him? Like she's looking for Haruko, apparently." 
Uh, she is, we assume Harco, obviously. We find out for sure in a second. But she picks him up and starts to leave, and Hidomi asks her, hey, what's happening? And she doesn't answer. Jinyu doesn't answer, but she turns around and looks at her and says, yeah, uh, that thing looks good on you, by the way. Like, talking about the headphones now. She's changed her mind after she saw that they ap- appeared to be calming her down, or trying to anyway. I thought I thought she was referring to the horn. Maybe. Yeah, that's, she does have a horn growing out of her Yeah, now. that's what I thought she was talking about. It hey, could be either way. I'm not sure. Yeah. Ah, but uh, they continue. Because uh, headphones would be, should speak it as a plural. Well, yeah, but she did say, what is this earlier when she was holding the headphones? She always could refer to them as singular. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was a weird one for me. But the next morning... Uh, also, okay, so this is really random, but this is another weird thing for me. Oh, no. On the, on the cafe or whatever... The little sign they have says open, and when they flip it, it says close. Yeah. It does not have a D. It oh, just yeah. says close. You can call it what you want, babe. I guess you can, but you I... Yeah, close it up. I couldn't stop looking at, at, at it saying I mean, it's close. Not like, I mean, it's... Look, if we're... If we're I get it, dude. I'm not ni- I'm not nitpicking at that. No, I get, I get what you're saying. It's just something that I noticed that, that I was like, whoa... Ah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, the next morning, uh, she comes back downstairs. Yeah, yeah, I'm the bad guy. Deal You're with the bad guy, it. I'm dude. the troll. All You're right. the bad guy. She comes downstairs. Uh, she's got a bandaid on her head now uh, or something. Anyway, she gets downstairs. Um, Little Busters is playing from the original soundtrack. Yeah, Great I track. think as far as I could hear, I think that was the only one from the original show. In this one? In this episode? I, is there more in the other episodes? Yeah, there's. they, they play Last Dinosaur. Oh, okay. Like, for sure they do that one later. I don't remember exactly when. But yeah, next morning she comes downstairs. Mom's like really glad she's safe, but actually says, well, next time you want to run away, do it with a bang. Mom's so fucking cool. Why is mom so goddamn cool? I love her. But in the kitchen... He, he Hidomi sits down and like actually tries to eat some breakfast and, and from the next from the next area over you can hear like just plates breaking yeah and then she like gets up and looks into the kitchen and Jinyu's there and she's just breaking plates and she's wearing like a straight up maid outfit and she introduces herself and mom says oh yeah she decided she want uh, to work for us to make up for hitting you with her car it's like okay neat <laughs> um but then uh, at school and here's where shit goes down. Uh, at school, Ide's friends want to know what's up with all the bandages. Dude is covered in bandages. He's all beat the hell up. And he's like, that's a lot of stuff. Just a lot. And they're like, that's not an answer. Give us an answer. But then the teacher arrives. Gives a straight up, real, real crazy speech that seems to whip the students into a frenzy. A cult-like frenzy. She's all of a sudden, they're all just staring at her. They all have swirly eyes. They're hypnotized. She talks about how... Uh, you like she talks about being like yeah you know youthful energy and being not not being so serious and whatnot. She says, "Who would want to fly around on a, on a four wheeled car that flies? That doesn't even make sense. You do not need four wheels. You only need two wheels." Like clearly parallels between her yeah. and Jinyu she's making, and she says the end of it. She says, "Uh, well, it was okay. a really long and great. Rant. It was a really long great lap as she as as she finally like you hear her like raising her voice in this." But um, while she's doing this, uh, Hidomi's like not even paying attention. She's just looking at her phone, and it's some text chain. And someone says they they start talking about FLCO. They start saying "fully coolie." Mm-hmm. Someone says uh, tries to say a fresh start. They say a flesh start. Whoops, my fully. I mean folly. 
and everybody's like fooly fooly it's like in the text chain when like aj fucks up and we're mm-hmm. all just like we all just like repeat it over yeah. and over again to fuck with him that's a that's uh that's the best my favorite that's good wrestling buddy yeah it's our good wrestling buddy. all right well now he's all the way out there <laughs> good hey aj but uh yeah, everybody's just like no, making first person. Fooly, I like fooly, 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 cooly, fooly, cooly, fooly, cooly, FLC. Like they just start repeating it on this text chain. Furry, and furry. as 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 she's saying, as she's reading all this, the teacher is saying, "Be as adequate as you can. A complete mess, born to be mild." And she rips off this mask and wig, and of course, it's Haruko. And the the kids are losing their mind. Everyone's on their feet. Her, They're screaming. The they all got the swirly eyes. They're going nuts. Except for Edie and Hibajiri, who just sit there for a second and then look at each other like, you seeing this bullshit? And then as she stands there right before it goes to black and the end credits roll, she says, that's right. The real one's finally appearing. Like, you know what you're here for. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's episode one. Can we yeah. talk about the ending real quick? I do want to say something, too, about Haruko's hair. It's, it's a different, different. It's different. Yep. That is notable. It's 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 a minor touch, but it is notable. Okay. So it's a little different. Yeah, her hair is a different it's more orangey. Let's talk about this ending though. So the ending the ending like scene for this I think is the closest you're gonna get to what happened between the first series and yeah, this one. Yeah, it's like a retelling, a small little retelling of Not even what that bridges. though. It's not even a retelling, it's just a completely different thing. Yeah. Because I guess what that's we what see, I meant to say, retelling wasn't a good way to put what it. What we see is the big-ass red bird, the phoenix-looking thing that is Atomisk. We know that's mm-hmm. Atomisk. We see Haruko right up in his face, reaching for his beak. And then we see his form, like, like it's a wide shot. You just see giant bird, and it goes, and gets sucked into one point, like a fucking singularity. And you see a hand grasping this energy and closing around it. And we know that's what Haruko wanted, and it looks like she got what she wanted. She has apparently found Atomisk, absorbed him and she is glowing red with that energy and as as she like closes her fist a bunch of like stars and sparklies fly off across the universe we see like all these like it looks like a just a a piece of a planet that's been destroyed and we see someone standing on it looking at pictures on her phone smoking a cigarette it looks a lot like mamimi we see another person i'm fairly certain that is mamimi and i'm fairly certain this is nauta yeah we see someone like sitting on a big rock like holding a base like it looks a lot like nauta looking up can't see him very well because credits are rolling and it's like tiny on the screen but it looks like them but then we see what appears to be Haruko with this energy glowing red and like she has it for a second and then she doubles over and Jinyu pops out of the back of her. Like they split. Which you get a lot of like, there's a lot of suggestions that that is in fact what happened in the next like, in the third episode here. But it sure as hell looks like Haruko got what she wanted at Somehow she's now lost it, but in that process Jinyu split from her. Like maybe they are two halves of a whole, or maybe they're their own people, and somehow she just showed up. I mean, we know that Inno can teleport things. Who's to say it didn't teleport another mm-hmm. person? But it sure as hell looks like she split off of her. Yep, it's fucking nuts. And then the rest of it is just like a bunch of scenes of like, here's characters from alternative, here's characters from the original, here's characters from progressive. It's really cool shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great ending. It's called Spiky Seeds. It's badass. Yeah, it's really. I good. love it. Dude. I love the beginning. It's like fucking great. Uh, anyway, that's the ending it's theme, groovy. and now we're on it. to episode two. Episode two, Freebie Honey. It's a fun title. 
Creepy honey, yep. This one starts off with another one of these creepy zombie dreams. Uh, this one has a really great, weird, black and white, like, grainy film look to it. It's real, like, like they, it's like they... It's like they just, like, it's a storyboard. Like, there's no connecting animation between, like, most of the scenes. You just see, like, weird shit happening. Um, this time, though, there's a voiceover that instead of being, instead of being all, like, dour and monotone, is very giddy. Talking about, oh, look how cute they are, all the zombies. Oh. And they're, like, you see these, like, creatures, what appear to be zombies, just eating shit and, like, tearing people mm-hmm. apart and whatnot. The two zombies you see at first definitely appear to be Mori and Marco. But actually, I have a theory. Oh no! That that isn't Maury. That he is in it. fact Louis Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's so fucked up. That's so fucked up. But it did look like Louis Anderson. You talking bad about Louis? You remember Life with Louis? Are dude? you talking? I do remember Life with Louis. Okay, I also so remember when seeing they... him on the fucking Family Feud when he hosted that. Yeah. I'm Louis Anderson. Why are you talking hey. shit about Louis Anderson? I'm not very funny, man. Sounds like what you're I'm saying shit. is in Life with Louis, which Life with Louis was featured on an episode of the X Files too. By the it's way, it's a great. It was an uh, okay show. Is well, okay. Real quick, sidebar. He has these teeth though. These teeth that are like largely they're pretty gapped. Up. They're yeah. pretty fucked up. Well, he has a gap in real life. That's right, what it looks like. But they they supersize it in the show. Real quick, Life with Louis versus Bobby's World. What's your favorite? Uh, man, Life with Louie didn't go as long, but Bobby's World was not as fun. I liked Bobby's World. I liked Bobby's World too, but I think Life with Louie had better characters. All right. He had as a, a kid, head. I haven't watched either of them. He's like Harold's hey so. little brother. He had that big ass football head. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the fucking like level like if it's Pokemon, level one is Stewie, level like fifteen is uh fucking Bobby from Bobby World, and then like level thirty is Hey Arnold. They all got that football head. Yeah. Anyway. It's true. I never thought about that. Anyway. Uh but yeah, that's that's what we're seeing here is these zombies that appear to be those two kids from the school. Another zombie shows up, and it definitely appears to be Hadomi rotting. Uh, you actually see her, like, floating in the water, and then she gets up. Meanwhile, this this whole uh, th- this voiceover is just still going. It's so happy. And, like, it's like, oh, look at them tear each other apart. It's so cute. It's like, this is fucked up. And, like, you get a brief shot of Hidomi laying in bed, like, during the dream sequence. And she just goes, hmm. And she, like, actually is smiling. It's like, holy shit, dude. They're tearing each other apart. Uh, there's blood and gore everywhere. And the voiceover says something like, I am devoured once again today. And I remember, I am nothing forever and ever. And then you see an E-Day zombie show up. And you know for sure it's an E-Day zombie because it's wearing his clothes and guy's glasses. And then as it gets, as it looks at the remains of the Hidomi zombie, it like it's just turned, the horn. It just, All that's left of her is that horn. But as it gets closer to it, it's its face like actually just turns into regular ass Ide. Like non zombified. He's got skin and he looks it's Ide. And it's really weird. Yeah. Um, he seems to be very distraught. But yeah, Hidomi wakes up, big bandage on her forehead, holding something in. Uh downstairs at the cafe, Junior's uh Jinyu is getting chewed out for not stirring the stirry stirry curry right or some yeah. shit like that. She's yeah. covered in fucking you curry. You stirry stirry. You stirry stirry at the table. Yeah. That's why it's called stirry stirry. It's a it's a, like a nice little fun thing. Yeah. You don't get the curry <laughs> without stirry, the stirry stirry. You gotta stirry stirry. You have to stirry stirry the curry at the table. <laughs> Otherwise it's not stirry stirry curry. It was very cute. Um but yeah, she's getting chewed out. She tries to warn Hidomi uh about the Vespa woman, but uh, she gets pulled back by mom, um, and then Hadomi's out the door. 
At school, Haruko gives a very extra culty speech this time to the student. She is literally literally wearing like a big robe and there's like candles and shit. And she's like, oh, my students, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's really great because she says like shit. And then she's just like, yes, and blah, blah. She's so serious and everything and blah. And this is that. And then she just goes. Boop, beep, beep. Like she drops in these goofy little yeah, beep, beep, beep. these nothing, <laughs> and she's like poo poo poo, and all the students are like poo poo poo, and then she's like poo poo poo, poo beep, poo. Like it's really great, and then she's like anyway, now I've got and that, that's the stuff that makes Fooly Cooly really great. Yeah, that's the too. goofy the goofy shit they just throw in like that. It makes like you when, smile like real fucking, big. Okay. Like, that one reminded me a lot of, like, there's an episode, I think it's episode three of the original series, because, yeah, I remember that shit, where shit goes down, she doesn't have her guitar with her, she grabs a ukulele from some kid, bashes a thing, the ukulele just breaks, and then she, like, kneels down and hold, uh, gives the piece of ukulele back to the kid and just goes, ukulele, no good. And it's fucking hilarious. Like, that one goddamn line. Anyway, I'm not saying it's... I don't bring that up to be like, oh, the good old days. I just like, yeah. that's what this reminded me of. The poopy poo. Yeah, it was great. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she then presents the students with the yearbook full of all these pictures of all these great things that they did that they didn't actually do. None of this is real. It's all this stuff about baseball games and UFOs and the psychic they met and the big bonfire they had yeah, on top of the school. up the school. It was a big bonfire on top of school. Yeah, and they all sing like a campfire song. And Hidomi looks at it and she's just like, these are all crayon drawings. Yeah, they're doodles. She's the only one. And who... they're, they're literally they're singing the yeah. campfire song. It's great. Not the C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E song, but they're no. singing a campfire song. In the embers burning, blah, blah, blah. It's goofy shit like that. But yeah, she appears to be the only one that realizes this isn't real. Uh, notably, Ide is not there. And they all remember it, which is interesting. Uh, Hidomi sees the crayon drawings, yeah. But as uh, Hidomi leaves and she's walking down the hallway, Haruko approaches on her Vespa, on her scooter, in the hallway. Because, of course, yeah, it's adorable. And she wants her to give, she wants Hidomi to, uh, to take Ide's worksheet because he wasn't at school. He was absent. She's like, well, why me? She's like, ah, why you? Because you two are close. And she's like, I don't know. She just takes it anyway. She leaves. And as she leaves, the she's walking down the street and the big ass robot that came out of Ide's head apparently and attacked them. And then Jinyu like beat the shit out of it. It's a crossing guard. Oh, he's like yeah. helping little kids across yeah, the street. Yeah, he's got a little flag. He's got a little flag. And Hidomi's like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, it's a living. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. It's that's like another. Great. That's another little thing they would like do in the older series. Like it's kind of just to mi- remind you that hey, this isn't this thing still exists. But also like, how fun! It's a big ass robot that's working as a crossing guard. So she goes to Ide's part of town, which is real slummy. It is like yeah, which which is where this is the point where I was like, so Ide's kind of it's like the stacks. Out Ide's there. kind of boy mamimi, kinda. Because that's the thing in the first episode that Nauta's dad makes a point that Mamimi's family is poor, right? And, like, here he is living in the slums. He's yeah, got, you always find Mamimi under a bridge. Yeah, and, and he's got an awful lot of sexual frustration, we especially find out in a second in this episode. Holy shit. But, man, oh, man, he, yeah, he's got some shit going on. But the uh, uh, eye patch guy from the cafe talks to her about going pro. Hey, you could be a pro. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Maury and Marco show up and save her. They escort, uh, Maury like walks her away. But then the eye patch just gets up on Marco. He's like, hey, you've got that Latin blood, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, you got a good fist. You think about going pro? You make a fine pro. And he goes, a pro what? Well, uh, and I was like, yeah, I love well, that let's shit. Let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's freaking great. 
But yeah, Mori, uh, Mori takes her to Ide's work, and as they're walking, he says, are you sure you want to see what, uh, what Ide's really like? And you might not lie. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, it's too late now. And he, like, takes her to this junkyard. And Ide and several other dude are being pushed around by a literal slave driver with a whip. They are, there's a bunch of dudes, including Ide, dragging a car along the fucking ground by ropes and the dude is on top of the car whipping them and shit. At one point, Ide stops and stumbles and then just gets up and goes, Rah! and just rips off his fucking jacket and exposing just his, like, undershirt underneath. And he just gets back yeah, up. He's ripped. Dude, dude's got it. Mori actually makes a point that, like, his body is similar, uh, similar, uh, oh, no, comparable and yet superior to mine, he says. Mori's a goofy Maury little chubby fat kid. still wearing that skirt, still by the way. Still wearing that skirt. Hey, my boy's got a look. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's unisex. It's unisex. Don't look at his panties. It's uh, it's what you it's what you call non-binary. You just wear what you if want. You, if baby. you put underwear in front of me, I'm gonna look at them. <laughs> Don't be looking at my panties. Don't <laughs> call them panties. They're briefs. That was a good scene. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's getting whipped around. It's really wild. Moore explains that he, while Ide seems like a regular loser, he's like working constantly to make these end meet ends meet, and dude is just going nuts. Um. Yeah, he's definitely got, like, this this engine in him that is running real hard. Afterwards, Ide is shilling. Uh, he's trying to sell what is essentially an airsoft gun, but it takes these special... Uh, shoots uh, 500 pebbles a minute or something like that. It's like 100 pebbles a second. I don't remember. It's like a machine gun airsoft gun with a big thing on the top. Uh, and it takes these exactly 5-millimeter uh, pebbles. Now, I know what you're thinking. Where am I going to get all those pebbles? Well, let me present you the uh, ammo creator blah blah thing. It's like a big-ass engine-looking thing. You dump in rocks, and it spits out 5-millimeter pebbles. It's perfect. But how am I going to carry all this around, Ide? Well, let me present you with a special uh, pellet launcher and uh, ammo engine dolly. And it's like, it's just a regular ass dolly. Yeah. Everybody's just. Everything is invented until the dolly. It's really great. But yeah, he uh, he ends up getting the shit kicked out of him by these fucking tough dudes, these rough guys. And yeah, he he's like, Mori actually makes a point of saying, well, he's saying Yamaro. Don't they know what that means? He's speaking a language. These guys just actually speak Japanese, which I thought was interesting. I don't know how that works in the dub. I mean, they must be speaking English, maybe, in the, maybe. In the subtitle. But anyway, yeah, he's like, Yamaro, Yamaro. Like, it's really great. He's just getting the shit kicked out of him. But then he gets knocked down, and I'm like, this is my, oh, wow, what a cool guy moment. He looks up, and he, like, wipes wipes his chin, like, a bit of blood off his chin. He's like, heh. No matter how many times you knock me down, I don't feel pain. And I'm like, Ide, get the fuck out of your ass. Like, <laughs> it's just so goofy. Um, however, it apparently fucking works because Hibajiri is effective, uh, affected by it. Uh, she pops a nosebleed. She ends up passing out. Ide notices her at this point, runs over, carries her away. And Mori's like, why's he get all the goils? Probably because he fucking works so hard. And you see that boy's muscles? God damn. Yeah. At his place, Ide is helping stop her nosebleed. His mom shows up, and she's like, Oh, you brought over another girl. You know, back in my days, I was uh, quite the little... And he just kicks her out immediately. Things are very awkward. She makes it very awkward. But things inside with just the two of them are fairly intimate, I would say. They are very close together. He uh, very awkwardly tries to invite her out to the... Not just an art museum. Apparently, it's a space art museum. Doesn't really get a reaction. Uh, And it's really awkward. He's like, you know, I mean, if you want to... 
uh, go out if you want to go out. Uh, not, not that we're going out. I mean, it's a great way to start a relationship. Not, not that we're in a relationship. It's just, you know, if you wanted to go and you just pick a date. Not that it's a date. Uh, it's like, holy shit, kid. Like, Jesus. But then as, like, as he's saying this, like, you actually see from his perspective, his eyes are, like, drifting to her legs and whatnot. Dude is, I mean, dude's horny. Yeah. He's a teenager. He's horny. Um, and she, she says, uh, she's sorry. And he's like, oh, it's fine. We don't have to go. And then a voice, you're supposed to think it's her, I guess, says, I guess if it was with you, A.D., I'd be fine with it if you wanted to. And then he, like, hears this, looks up, jumps out of his pants and underwear, and is floating through the air about to, like, pounce on her when you hear Haruko scream, and cut! And, like, the literal word cut falls out of the sky and, like, slams Mm -hmm. him into the ground, which is pretty great. Um, Harko's hanging from the ceiling with a fucking handy cam recording everything. Just pretty horrifying. And she says, all right, well, that's enough of that. Take five. And Hidomi's like, how long have you been here? And she goes to the next room around to the hallway, maybe. And she's acting out a love scene as the two of them. Oh, Ide. Oh, Hibachiri. Like just back and forth. It's real nuts. Ide goes over to the door to like try and tell her like, hey, what the hell? And suddenly his window flies through the it flies in, smashes him, and he goes against the wall. He's down. That's him dog. Yeah, the dog's still barking. You'll be fine. But uh Yeah, he's knocked away. And Haruko walks out to see Jinyu in floating on top of her car, which is now mecked out. It's got like arms and legs and a head. Um and they <sighs> Uh, she says, uh, Jinyu says something like, I finally found you. And then they play this great word game that was pretty great. Basically, they just like take the last syllable or couple syllables or whatever and take the sentence from there. I can't remember exactly how it went, but like at one point, um, she says something like, uh, Haruko ends a sentence with cuz and she's like, because, uh, cuz you can't uh, do this without me or some shit like that. Roger can try to look it up. He's probably trying to look it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really funny shit. They just go back and forth. Um, eventually, Harko ends up losing because, uh, yeah, it's just it's like build a sentence. They're just taking each other's syllables and going off of that. Uh, Harko ends up losing. Is that what you're talking about? Hmm? Not ad libbing. Not okay. not exactly. No, it's literally like okay. So there's a game. Um, you know, buddy's play sometime was actually on Doug Lowe's movies. Shout out to Doug Benson, where you take like titles of movies and you go in, go flank one to the other. Like for example, Spider Man, Man on Fire. So if we started with Spider Man, you could say, Oh, Spider Man oh, yeah. on Fire, and I would say, Okay, along came a Spider Man on Fire, and etc. 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 Yeah, like you would go like that. So that's ba- that's what they're doing in this in the scene, right? Uh, which is why Harper I don't know says what some that's really. The, I, mean, I don't it's, even it's know where to begin the search. It's for. just a word game they're playing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I could pull up the scene real quick, but I mean, that's gonna take too much time. They, it's basically just they're taking each other's last syllable and going off from there. And Harker ends up fucking up uh, because Jinyu tells her at the end of it, "You need me. You're not a lone wolf." And uh, Harko goes, "Loners are." Ah, oh, shit. No, I I messed up. Like, because she should have said wolf instead of lone. But yeah, it's pretty pretty adorable. They're just going back and forth. Uh, they're really fucking with each other. But Jinyu is playing along, even though she is so serious. That's the thing. So the mech grabs Hibajiri, pulls her out, and uh, uh, Jinyu says something like, I guess we're going to have to do this by force. And then she says, this is between you and me. You uh, keep Hidomi out of this. And she pulls her out. Uh, keep your hands off Hidomi. And Haruko's like, oh, but you can grab her with your big robot hand. Real fair. Haruko leashes Ide. Ide tries to jump out to get to Hidomi and like help her, 
and then is pulled back because Haruko has at some point slipped a leash on him. And she just has him on the end of a string now. Like, literally. She throws him at Jinyu, pulls back, and ends up dragging the fa- the car closer and then smashes it with her guitar. Uh, and then they both, like, fly through the air as, like, this red and blue, like streak just bouncing off each other it looks like kind of looks like some uh some 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 dragon ball z shit where like mm-hmm. a power charge just ping 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 like they're going nuts up there um meanwhile you uh smash smashing into each other with these guitars meanwhile uh you get a quick wide shot where you see Ide's robot that came out of his head now done with his job uh done with its job of being a crossing guard is getting a drink with the eye patch guy it's adorable sitting at the bar getting a drink yeah um, Jinyu then gets a call from Hidomi's mom who chews her out because uh, uh, she was supposed to like be uh, doing her new delivery service and she's like oh I'm busy right now I'll, I'll be just a second and she hangs up and Jinyu drops a couple lines At pretty much anytime Jinyu talks you're getting some decent backstory she says are you going to make the same mistake again at, at Haruko and Arco like doesn't even she's just like whatever kid and throws Ide into the air like spins him around throws him straight into the air says something like there's the pitch and and then she slams the shit out of him with her guitar and just he fastballs right at her and she has uh she has the damn it the uh Gibson oh god hold on I know the guitar Arco? Yeah, Harco. She has she has part of the the double neck guitar that yeah from the end of the last year. yeah from the end of Nauta's guitar yeah she has the the EBO Gibson EBO that's nice. what it is but uh, she smashes the Zero shit out of this kid precise. and he fucking as she hits him his you see his head immediately swell as he like bows forward like back toward uh, Jinyu. And you see this giant thing growing out of his head. And then back at that bar, you see a little black hole open up. Robot flies through it and then pops out of his head into um, Jinyu. The the robot is now attacking Jinyu with Haruko. And they're just going at it. Um, it's really nuts. Uh, Jinyu calls Haruko Raharu, which from the original series we know. That's what... Amaro, the the dude who claimed to know her and know what she mm-hmm. was really about. That's what he said her real name was. Uh, uh, I think it was Aruha Raharu, something like yeah. that. Yeah, ha- Haruha Raharu, which is just a lot of Ros and Rus. Yeah, um, that's like one of my favorite scenes from the from the bloopers on that one because it's just the dude trying to say that name over again. He's like Haruha Raharu, Haruha Rahuru, Haruha Raharu. Is any that good? And the dude <laughs> in the booth's like, No, <laughs> it's no. fucking amazing. But um, yeah, he, she she calls her Raharu, implying that yes, she does know more about him than about her than anyone else here, uh, and she says you can't reach him like this. Uh, he she ends up uh, getting smashed down, thrown into like some building or whatever. She recovers shortly thereafter, but we see the car, we see Hadomi like get thrown away from uh, like the car and Hadomi go flying away. The car like transforms. Uh, Hidomi's in the car. It's flying around without a driver. Hidomi's just in the back seat, shooting missiles at fucking Haruko and shit. Jinyu shows up, jumps on the hood. She's ghost riding the whip on this one, um, and she says to Haruko, to Raharu, whatever you want to call her, "You can't do this alone. You can't reach him without me. You and I are one." And that Haruko was just like fucking around and like haha laughing the whole time when she said you and I are one. Haruko like turns around for the first time. I'm just like, she's not by that one. Um, 
the robot does this big ass, the robot, Ide's robot does this big ass drill attack. The car transforms back into a mech and does this big ass punch on it. They both collide and they both get wrecked, but the mech immediately like shoom and like breaks apart and then forms into these little vaguely like they kind of look like a little like Spudnik, uh, 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 like what do you call satellite slash a syringe? I don't know. It's weird to describe. They're like a ball with like a knife on one end, kind of. Yeah. Goofy looking. And they all, all those things just fly around uh, Haruko and start shooting lasers at her and shit. And they're she's, like, uh, if anybody is a fan of Gundam, they're like funnels. Yeah. Sort of. Like funnels. I don't know what that is. It's it's exactly what you're looking at. Neat. But, uh, yeah, she's knocking away all the laser beams with your tar. Jinyu falls back to Hidomi, who's still in the car. Uh, the car is uh, reformed, apparently, at least part of it. And tells her that Haruko, uh, you, uh, I told you to stay away from her. Uh, Haruko, you have to keep away from her. Haruko will only use you. Um, and uh, the worst case scenario, you could die. And Hidomi remembers the zombie dream, and she starts. She busts. She's like, I die. Like, maybe that's what she wants. It's kind of fun. I'll get up. eaten by Louis Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And she pops a nosebleed the huge red knife horn thing pops out of her head and she starts levitating out of the car the sirens start wailing and Jin Yu says something like uh she overcame the enzyme inhibitor which i'm guessing is what the headphones yeah. are um and then a huge explosion happens and there's a crater and they're just like what the hell and then this goofy little tiny robot hidomi comes out of it yeah and it's it looks kinda, like a little haunted metal doll or yeah, something. Yeah, it looks like a real, like, just a real, like, hodgepodge, thrown-together robot thing. Like, it may as well have a colander for a face. Yeah, but she's about to swing a big old punch. Oh, she's about to fuck it up. But yeah, she <clears throat> it's pretty adorable, and it emerges, and Haruko's intrigued. She gets down there, and she's like, well, ain't you cute? And she's checking it out, and the thing actually, like, touches her boobs, and she's like, not that cheap. It's like, okay, neat. And then... Boom, another explosion right there. It The robot explodes or makes an explosion around it, I guess. Haruko goes flying, still has Ide like on the fucking leash carrying him. And she like actually lets it go here. And as she's like falling down, you see like the fucking robot start running and then just shoom, take off like in this huge jump with this giant right hand. And it's about to punch the shit out of Hargo. She's falling. Like, they're about to, like, bisect. She's coming up up Joe style. Yeah, she's about to, they're about to bisect, like, uh, at a 90 degree angle. Like, Hargo's going straight down. She's going straight sideways. And she gets right to her and, foomp, misses. Does not hit Haruko. That punch keeps going. And then she just swings around and punches herself right in the face. And as she does, transforms back into Hidomi with, like, a huge blood shooting out of her fucking forehead. Because she just punched the shit out of herself. Fucking nuts. Uh, Hargo crashes. Ide falls to the earth like a fucking leaf, which is pretty cute. He's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Uh, and Jinyu catches Hidomi um, and then calls the car. She does a little and the fucking pieces like reassemble back into the full car and gets over to her. Uh, it tr- reverts into, it transforms into some kind of like medical like bed thingy. I don't know, like some kind of little, looks like, I don't know. But she lays Hidomi in it so she can get like get some rest and like you know it starts beeping like it's got her vitals and shit. And Haruko uh, or Ide, she they also get she also gets Ide and puts him in there too. But he's like upside down so like his feet are at her feet and whatnot. And Haruko says something like uh, you know however you slice it you know she's mine. 
because she just saw what Hidomi turned into, and apparently that's what she's looking for. And Ida jokes and says, as he, like, grumbles awake, like, you know, after having passed out, he says something like, you look awful. And he, like, makes some funny faces at her. And Hidomi doesn't, like, say anything or even smile. She just, like, reaches into her pocket and gives him the paper, and she says, worksheet. And then they both just laugh and chuckle. Yeah, together. this is the first time you really get to see her smile. She actually does smile and like laugh a little bit. And then her headphones are going. They start up again. Who? Mm-hmm. And that was episode two. So she turns into like a mechanical doll. It seems like it. Because of these headphones that she's wearing from Metal I don't know if Mechanica. It's, I don't know if it's because of the headphones necessary that that's what's happening. Maybe. Well, I don't think so. I think they... Because that was a thing in like the first series. Like The, the claim was that Conti came from Mechanical, Me- Medical Mechanica. And then what he would do is like he would eat Nauta and turn into this super powerful red version of himself. Like he was in there powering it up. So I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense that maybe, yeah, that's what's turning her into the robot or something. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. She only turns into the robot, that little robot thing, the one time. Yeah, that's the only time I remember seeing so that. So it's confusing. Yeah, it's weird. I'm going to have to watch it more. Yeah, I mean, we're about to hit I the I was just saying, thing. it's a mechanical robot. Medical, yeah, that makes mechanic, sense. That makes sense to whatever, me. Whatever, yeah. Makes sense to me. But yeah, we're on to episode three. Stone Skipping, which is a great episode. I really enjoy this episode a whole lot. There's a decent amount of exposition in here. I got some pages, dude. We're going to have to deal with it. Sorry. But we're back in Hadomi's dream. We see a very, very happy and alive Hadomi. And this one starts with her. She has this little line. Hang on. I wrote it down here. Uh, She says... She says, uh, well, well, where'd she come from? It's me. Hidomi is right here. Like, as she falls into, like, some electrical wires, she's like, blah, blah, blah. it's really great. But she is very much alive. She's not a zombie this time. She is very much alive. She is very happy. Yeah. She's jumping around like, yeah, oh, my God. Springing well, all over the place. And what she's, the shit she says is she's like, oh, wait a minute. Today's the day we're going to devour each other. Oh, yay. And she's like, but where am I? I'm going to get devoured by my friends. And by friends, I mean classmates who I never talked to or interacted with. But where are they? And she's all sad. She wants to be eaten. She wants to die and be devoured. And it gets weirdly sexy here where she's like touching herself. And is like, oh, this layer of yeah, skin. Yeah, she starts like, uh, like groping herself as yeah, she's she like Yeah, she starts doing like 360s this. with her boobs. Yeah, and she likes touching on her butt and shit. It's pretty weird. Um, and this is a thing I want but to talk about. But did you like it? Not really. <laughs> Mostly because she was talking about being destroyed and eaten. And also she's like 12, 14. I don't know. Gotta but go to the, the panty party. The nope. panty buffet. The panty buffet, absolutely not. So here's the thing I wanted to talk about, though, is I think it's fairly obvious that Homegirl is depressed. Mm-hmm. She doesn't interact with anyone, not even her mom. She doesn't talk, really, unless she has to. She's very sad all the time. She keeps having these dreams about dying. She said already that she wants nothing. She is nothing. She is nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think this is what's happening is like you're you're meant to I'm not a fucking doctor I'm not a psychiatrist I don't know the works of this but it seems to me like what's happening in here is she's going through puberty she's having this sexual awakening at the same time that she's going through this horrible depression and it seems to me like that's what's happening here like she's clearly real in that moment she is pretty like horny about death Am I wrong? Do you think that's like off base to say? I'm going to tell you right now. I looked up what do dreams about death mean? Okay, well. <clears throat> and we're going to go to psychology today. I mean, it could mean anything. This is dream analysis. That's not a. 
not what I'm talking about particularly. All right. Let's see. Um, although such a dream may bring feelings about uh, feeling feelings of fear and anxiety, um, it's often considered a positive symbol. Yeah, but we're not talking about dreams about dying. We're dream talking about dreams about her being but ripped apart keeps, and torn apart, and yeah. also it's sexy to her. Well, like it's only we, sexy to her this one time. Yeah, but we saw her smiling when she was getting when uh, when she was having the zombie dream in the last episode. She was smiling in her bed in real life while she was being torn apart. Oh, okay, okay. Like this is a thing. Like again, not a fucking psychologist. But I'm not gonna say that it's turning her on though. I think it really. I don't. It is at least this one. Like okay, so here's the thing: is like for sure. Like when you're going through those formal years, particularly when you're like going through puberty and shit, and you're having your sexual awakening, whatever the fucks around you is shit that's gonna like stick with you, probably. Like I've seen enough, and I'm not I'm not trying to make a joke here. I've seen enough like art online, and also like know people who have done such art to know like okay, if you Google Christian Sonic, you're gonna get some weird shit, and a lot of it's gonna be like Sonic with a big fat boner praying in front of a cross because this is the shit that these kids were like experiencing. Like, for example, a friend, we don't talk anymore, so I can say this without dropping names and anything, wasn't allowed to play video games unless they were super nonviolent. What's nonviolent? Fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. So he played a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog. He was in a very Christian family. This guy, like, ended up getting really into that shit because when he was going through puberty and experiencing a sexual awakening, that's all he had. Now, that's not everybody. I'm not saying that's so everything. So he likes furries. He's a furry. He, he is specifically into Sonic with an erection in front of a cross. Don't, we're not going any further. Wait. This is art you can hold, find. Hold on. This is not just him. This is art hold you can on. find online. This is real shit. Sonic with I'm an erection right, in front of a cross. I'm telling you right now to like Google Sonic Christian, uh, Christian Sonic. You're going to find some shit. That's not, this is not the point, Megan. I don't mean to dunk on Sonic fans. Point is <laughs> that like from what I've seen and experienced, the shit you're going through then at that point, like the shit you are being exposed to kind of has a formative thing on your sexual taste and desires. I was lucky enough that all I had was my dad. And when he was, when he was like in the fucking, you know, taking a shower, I got to sit in the computer room looking at titties. I'm not saying I got out good. I'm saying I got out less fucked up than some other people. But if that is the case, to me, it makes sense that if Hibajiri is experiencing this horrible depression, while she is going through this puberty and sexual awakening, that maybe that's a thing. Like, Guru's a fucking thing, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the sex wall, there's blood and, like, guts everywhere. It's not so shocking that maybe that's what she ends up into. Maybe. Maybe. But then, if that is the case, knowing where this series in, it's kind of like, well, we'll get to that. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'm just saying that's a, that's a thought I had. It was weird shit. It kind of freaked me out. Anyway. Yeah, I, I can't find... I found some very provocative Sonic images, but not that one in particular. It's out there, dude. I've seen them. Mostly it's like Amy and stuff. I've seen a lot of fucking Sonic with a big old dick. A little strange. It is a little strange. We go on from here. Um, That's a sound clip that's definitely going to be used against me someday. (laughs) Me just saying I've seen Sonic with a big old dick. Thanks. I'm, I'm trying to find it on the internet right now, so I'll be right there with you, buddy. All right. Well, anyway... uh. Yeah, as as she's having this experience uh, and she's like talking about how much she wants to be destroyed and pulled apart and the flesh rent from her, a legion of tiny, tiny genus, adorable, tiny genus 
fall from the sky and they're all saying they are like, really cute they are really like cute them. and they're all like i told you to be careful why didn't you listen what are you doing listen you gotta be careful ah, i told you to stay away and one of them like gets on her shoulder and like points up and she looks up just in time to see this massive ball of water as it crashes into her and then she's floating in this water and a big fishing line like shoots down past her and pulls up this uh, what appears to be like a human figure. And then several more fishing lines are pulling up more people, which all go up to this giant hand that then grabs them and crushes them into these crazy swirling colors. And as she sees this, she says, I can't take it. And her head swells up into this giant bubble. And as it approaches the surface of the water, she's like got this huge, goofy smile with this big bubble head. And right when her head touches the surface of the water, it pops and she wakes up. Whew. So now we're at the beach. Let's I think go that's to the beach. enough Sonic beach. for me today. Yeah, you've seen a bit, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen a good bit. Let's go to the beach. Now, beach. I'm, now I'm educated about it. Let's go to the beach. We're beach. headed to the beach. Going to the beach, beach. We're headed to the beach. We're going to see a big... Big concrete turd in this one. Ninky Minjaj. All right. Um, at the beach, Ida and the boys are watching Haruko Sun bathing, and they're like, oh, yeah. Hidomi's over here looking fairly sullen. Everybody's, like, in, like, swim trunks and shit, except Hidomi. She's wearing, like, shorts and a big, like, you know, like a short sleeve button, button-down shirt. Um, she's fairly covered up. Uh, but, yeah, she's looking fairly sullen. Jinyu walks over. She's standing with her. Jinyu also in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haruko asked, oh, male students, who wants to put, help me put on some sunscreen? And Mori's like, hell yeah. And then the other boy's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, weren't we supposed to meet your girlfriend? You said you were going to bring your girlfriend. Where's your girlfriend, dude? Like, they're calling him out. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yes, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, I'll show you. Uh, here we go. Follow me. And he, like, runs off into the woods nearby, and they follow her. So then... Haruko's like, okay, well, I guess you'll have to do it, Hibajiri. And then Jin Yu steps up and she's like, I don't have a problem with you doing it either. And like, yeah. Uh, the boys, uh, Ide and Marco, are introduced to Mori's girlfriend, I say with giant air quotes, Aiko. She's like a real, real... Like a real girl. Designed to be cutie. Like, she's super cute. Yeah, Moe. She's Moe. Very much so. She's... She has, like, this long gray hair. She's got this adorable green bow on top of her head. Uh, she's wearing a very nice white dress. And then she is holding in her hands in front of her a, a not huge, but a decently sized potted plant, which just has these little, this little like, look at like a little bean sprout. It's just a little sprout going up with two leaves coming off of it. It's pretty adorable. And she's incredibly shy. Nothing happens for the rest of this episode until she gets back on the train and leaves without her saying, hey, like it's she says how embarrassing a whole so lot. embarrassing yeah she it's very she's a real cutie poot um and uh, this is okay this is a weird one that really i was like what the fuck and then later on like i guess there's some explanation for this but fucking maury says isn't she adorable she doesn't drink or swear or sweat can you believe it this hot no sweat i'm like what the fuck she really is like the fucking Ah, I gotta pick my words carefully because I'm gonna piss off someone. She really is like the goofy otaku dude, otaku dudes like fucking dream. Yeah, like she's oh look how cute I don't think she you're gonna is. Piss anybody off she's with that. very well. I almost said some other stuff. Weeb? No, about people we know in real life. Anyway, um, yeah, she has to tell me after. <laughs> yeah, she's like super. She's super cutesy poot. She is apparently very like. 
just super shy, down for like whatever he is, and also she doesn't sweat. Like holy shit, what a what a fucking modifier to put on there. That makes some sense later, I guess. It's weird. Anyway, uh, the boys are suspicious, but they go with it. Um, they ask what the what's up with the plant or how they meet, and she's like, oh, he was just so cute. And they're like, well, what's the what's with the plant? It's an emotional support plant. And he's like, isn't that adorable? Back at the actual beach, uh, Jinyu is oiling up Haruko, and she actually just drops tanning oil on her. She's like, oh, wait, this is tanning oil. Haruko got all freaked out because it was so oily. Not sunscreen, tanning oil. She gets up. She's got a ping, like, sparkle on her. She's looking gold. Yeah, she's bronzed. She's bronzed and golden. Um, but, yeah, uh, Haruko, uh, they talk for a little bit, and... Um, Jinyu brings up how Haruko's been stalking her and Hibajiri for the last three months. So we know this is three months after the last episode, it seems. And she, again, every time Jinyu talks, you get some more backstory. She says, listen, you already got what you wanted once. It's time to give up. And I, I, to me, that obviously is an allusion to the ending like theme where we see like Haruko getting Adamus and whatnot. Um, and then Haruko says, well, I need to fulfill my wish in order to fulfill my, and she is cut off when she is smashed in the face by a fucking volleyball, which apparently was spiked by Aiko into Haruko's face and leaves her with like a nice little, like sunken butthole face. And Aiko, of course, screams, how embarrassing. Like, it's great. Um, Haruko spikes it right the fuck back. It's a big ass meteor, like just smashes. There's sand everywhere. She fucking demolishes it. And then Hidomi and Jinyu talk for a bit while Haruko is just demolishing these children. And Hidomi asks Jinyu, what does that woman want? And Jinyu says, well, she's the same as me. And then Hidomi says, well, what do you want? What She says, what is it that you want? And Jinyu gives the breakdown. She says, I was with someone. Someone amazing. He was big, strong. He was just amazing. Giant wiener. Big, the biggest pee-pee. And she says, with him, one could fly around space forever. But he left. He abandoned me. I wa- In the end, I just wasn't his equal. I guess I, was not, I wasn't enough for him. Not by myself. And then she says, she looks at Hidomi and she says, what is it that you want? And Hidomi just... I don't think she actually answers, but you hear, or maybe she does, but she just says nothing. She doesn't want anything. Uh, but right then, like Haruko, this whole time has been spiking balls at the kids and like just laughing at them when they can't return them. Ide is the only one who manages to like stop the spike. He finally does it right then. And it's kind of like, what do, what do you want, Hidomi? Nothing. Bam, look at Ide looking cool. And she's like, whoa. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But the kids, uh, from there, they keep partying it up. They're smashing fucking watermelons and shit. I don't really get the watermelon smash. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what. He, like, smashes a watermelon. He's got a blindfold. And he hits it with a big stick. And then, I guess, you hit it with a stick. And then you pick a pick it apart. Get a knife. Just cut it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Listen, this is sort of tradition. I've had, I've had this discussion with you. As, as the old guy on YouTube told me, uh, one watermelon serving is one half watermelon. You dig out some little holes in it with your spoon. You eat that. Drop in some marshmallows and peanut butter. Delicious. No. I've done it. It's not bad. That's the thing. It's not bad. It sounds weird, but it's not bad. Marshmallows are a little too sweet. They're like basically pure sugar. Peanut butter gives you a nice little savory bit, and it's not all sticky because you got the watermelon juice. Look, I'm talking about watermelon. <laughs> this is not the watermelon <laughs> podcast. All right. So, the, so it's called uh, Suikawari. Suikawa, all right. The rules are similar to pinata. Watermelon is laid out. 
and participants one by one attempt to smash it open. Each is blindfolded, spun around three times, and handed a wooden stick or a bucket. A test of skill. Yeah, to strike with. With a non-moving watermelon. The first to crack the watermelon open wins. Well, E-Day won. Of course he did. He's the cool one. He's like the, the he's, he's also like jacked. Yeah, he's super jacked. He's also like he looks like your stereotypical like I'm just an average dude like nerd character. Like he would be the fucking Kata in this show if it was gamers. Yeah. But he also like fucking nails it consistently uh when he's not getting hit by guitars and thrown around like a goddamn ragdoll. Such a nice boy. Um but so yeah. Such a good boy. <laughs> he's a good good boy. Roger, where is your boy tonight? <laughs> I hope he is a gentleman. <laughs> and maybe you won't find I can't find believe that like this is the episode we keep bringing up. Like, last shit. good thing about That's this enough. Party enough. We're gonna get we're gonna get content ID'd. You're singing it too good, man. I'm singing it too good, You're dude. You're singing it too good. They're I gonna s- be like, that was Patrick Stock if I've ever I heard it. I sound him. just like that dude from Panic at the Disco. Nope, wrong guy. Wrong band. <laughs> yeah, you're just fucking with me. Listen, we all made it through high school. I don't need you talking shit, all right? <laughs> But hey, uh, dude, we're all going down, down in an earlier round. Damn it, I was gonna drop that one in this episode and you fucked me up. You suck. <laughs> really you fucked suck, the dog dude. on that one, dude. Yeah, I'm man. Sorry. Later on, when like the big ass thing is crying, I was like, and they're going down, down in an earlier round. Like, yeah, I can't do it now. You fucked me. I gotta maybe think of can, a different dude, thing. Maybe you can. I gotta think of a different thing now. Ah, <sighs> you suck. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, they keep partying. Uh, Haruko and Jinyu seem to be pretty cordial. They're actually talking mm-hmm. to each other now. Jinyu's laying out while Harko buries her in a fun time treat. She's burying her in the sand. And uh, Jinyu, she drops a couple lines here. She says something like, it still doesn't mean you can have Hidomi. There's no point in fighting anymore. And she also mentions brainwashing suppression mechanism. They took extra measures. I don't know exactly what that line's about. Maybe it's like Haruko's trying to, like with, uh, like how she couldn't affect Hidomi with, like she hypnotized all the other kids, but not her or Ide. Maybe that's within it. I don't know. Or maybe she's trying to use it. I don't know. It's fucking weird. It's just a weird line that they threw in there and I don't know what it means in words. Haruko has Jinyu then encased in cement. And she looks like a big gray poop. Yep. She looks like a big, like a big gray, gray cigar. Turd. With like a face hole that her face is sticking you out. You guys of. gotta let us know. Do you think it looks like a turd or a cigar? I mean both. That's the joke. It's a big gray turd or cigar. Or a doobie. Oh man, it's sick dude. Gotta light it up <laughs> Yeah, dude. Roll it up a six spliff. <laughs> can you tell? We'll, we'll, can you guys? Weed mild, dude. Can you guys tell I don't smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that I would like to smoke the doobie. Hey, you look like you should get me some marijuana. I just had one whole bowl. I'll take one weed, please. All right. One whole bowl. Anyway, I like I like my alcohols. I can't fuck with the Mary Janes. I told you the one time I did, and I freaked out real bad. I yeah. can't. I can't. You wanted somebody to punch you in the face and knock you I out. I did ask someone to knock me out because I didn't want to take that ride. I was told it's just a roller coaster. I want to take the ride. All right. This is not the Brandon's embarrassing weed stories podcast. Although we could do that, we could. <laughs> I anyway. even have an embarrassing story. But yeah, uh, I definitely need to hear about that later. But Genu is encased in cement. Uh, Aiko and Hidomi talk for a little bit about swimsuits. Uh, Aiko's like, what, are you not going swimming? She's like, well, no, I'm not. I don't want to. It's like, why aren't you out there swimming? She's like, and Aiko just says, well, that's not what we agreed to this time. Little little tiny foreshadowing yeah. there. Tide comes in. Uh, Jinyu is definitely going to drown. 
because uh, she can't move and she's just being covered by water now. Boys are skipping rocks. Uh, Mori makes a big deal about, did you see how awesome I was? And fucking uh, Aiko's just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Ide realizes that Hibajiri isn't around at this moment. The boys look around. They can't find her or Haruko. They're like, what the hell happened? They don't know. Ide runs off to make another sweep. Uh, and Aiko says, hey, it's time to, I need to go. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, let me get, uh, let's go. And he walks to the train station. Marco looks kind of, huh, and apparently fo- follows them. Because the next scene is Aiko at the station. She has dropped her cutie poots uh, attitude and is talking, like, in a regular, slightly deeper voice. And she's like, uh, did I mean, did you like the character I made up? Just, come on, pay up. And you know I'm charging you overtime for this. And... He's like, okay. And he pays her for the date. She's running a rent-a-date. She does give him the potted plant and says uh, that it's so that uh, it looks like he just bought that from her. She doesn't want anyone realizing that she's running a rent-a-date. It looks kind of weird if someone just gives you an envelope full of money. Uh-huh. Uh, but then the train leaves with her on it, and uh, Maury hears uh, something behind him, and he turns to see Marco looking over the railing of the of the little train stop. He's peeping, man. He's a he creepy saw it peeper. all. He saw it all. I think Marco's my favorite of the three of them. Yeah, he's just such a nice. He's just really such chill. Such a nice boy. He's really chill. And then later he gets a little part time job. He's he's just having yeah. fun. And then when you can't find him, you have to ask, "Where's your boy tonight?" I do hope he's a gentleman. <laughs> he seems, Why is it? It's he only that one. Like That's a, the only one you know, huh? Maybe. All right. He does seem like a gentleman, though. I know that other really popular one. What's that? Dance Dance? The one that I just sang. The, oh, uh, uh, fall, uh, the Sugar We're Going Down. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is not the Fallout Boy podcast. I will do one of those with you, and you will hate it. I, yeah, I absolutely have no interest in doing that. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Um, if we do, we're leaving the AC on. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, Marco followed. He saw everything. Ide is still looking. He hears Jinyu's voice as he's running along the beach. Jinyu, he doesn't see her, but he hears her voice. And Jinyu talks about, uh, did you ever try to draw fireworks after you saw them as a kid? And the only way you could really do it, it didn't work. You had to color the paper all black with your pencil. And they sh- she says they were so beautiful, those beautiful spots of light in the darkness and blah, blah, blah. It's it's a really neat little scene that actually, that little speech she gives that comes back later. But Ide, like, takes off again, still looking for Hidomi. A wave rolls away, exposing Jinyu underneath it, and she just kind of goes a like, getting her face dry. It's pretty funny. Um, and as she's laying there, she sees a shooting star, and she says, oh, the first star. Don't know if that means anything, but yeah. she did see a shooting star. Can you ride on shooting star? Can you? All right. Ide... <laughs> That was great. Ide finds his way to an old medical mechanical building. It is covered in like moss and lichen and shit and vines. It's just all green there in the woods. And inside, he hears what sounds like Hidomi and Haruko. And it sounds like Haruko's getting a little forceful, a little too close. And you you hear, especially if you have the subtitles on like me, she says, is it here? And Hidomi's just like, no, stop, no. And then we cut back to Mori and Marco on the beach. Um... Marco's uh, Maury's like go ahead and laugh at me and Marco's like and he's like stop laughing I wasn't serious it's like really great then we cut right the fuck back to Haruko uh, and Hidomi Haruko is in her maid out, uh, her her nurse outfit like she was in series one I think mm-hmm. I think that was first episode she got her hair pulled outfit. back in a nice mm-hmm. long ponytail just like before and she is getting pretty handsy she actually pulls off the shirt and the shorts that Hidomi's wearing exposing her she is in fact wearing a, a swimsuit underneath 
She is like, you know, just straight up half naked now. Wearing a swimsuit, of course, but still half naked. Um, and she says, come on, help me out here. Where do I hit you to make you overflow? And then Ide finally enters, sees this. Uh, yeah, he sees busts what's right through the door, which leads me to the question. He walked right through Wait. the door. I don't know that one. Walked I... right through. That's Jane's addiction, I think. Okay. Isn't it? That yeah, got maybe. Stealing yeah, it sounds familiar. When I was fat. All right. But it leaves me a question that haven't these people ever <laughs> heard of closing the goddamn door? <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew it, you son of a bitch. I got you chicken fuckers good. <laughs> You're the fucking worst. <laughs> I was going to make a reference to uh, Haruka Wants Adamus because if it feels good, tastes good, it must be mine. But that's a newer one that no one's going to recognize. Mm-mm. Good song, though. That's the one I told you to look up. I mean, I know you're never going to, but if you were going to, listen, I'm obviously like fucking punk pop emo trash. Yeah. We've been there. High school was hard for everybody. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, But yeah, she, uh, Ide rushes in, sees this swimsuit, and he overflows, apparently, I guess is what we're calling it. And a fucking weird ass amorph- green amorphous blob thing pops out of him. Yeah, and it just pops up and sitting there. It's got like a couple yeah, little mechanical. The, the 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 formations of these two are. I don't really get this really one. weird. I don't really get this guy. He's always like robots and shit, but this guy's like a big green bugger boy. Um, but he uh, it pops out of him, and then he's immediately just like, "All right, well, I don't know what you are, but help Hibajiri," and he orders it to go save her. Which like that's never a thing that happens before. Whatever. I mean, this show's taking liberties. It's fine. You can't pick it apart. I'm trying to pick it apart. I'm being an asshole. Anyway, uh, it re- moves forward. Uh, Harco revs up her uh, guitar, and then we cut back to the beach. Marco is crying now, saying it was just so painful. And um, from there, we, we get a brief scene of Aiko getting home after having uh, got off the train, obviously. And there's a dude with a red hat. Uh, and red hair who's kind of a kind of a kind of a weird looking dude he was actually in the cafe earlier like we said Mm -hmm. with uh eye patch and that other guy uh and he says uh as as she walks in he leans out the doorway and says hey uh aiko yeah do you know where the uh flower pot that was in here went and she's just like no clue just feigns in ignorance and he sits back down in the room and then clo- closes the door and the room transforms and a huge series of screens pop up and on them is the eye patch guy. And he said and eye patch eye patch guy is like this is this is code name eye patch report and he's like eh, we've got a slight problem here. I can't locate the flower pot. And that's the scene. I mean, we get a little bit more from them later, but mm-hmm. like you don't really know what the fuck is happening here. On the beach, uh Mori is just in in total frustration, just picks up that stick that Ide busted open the watermelon with and says, Well, god damn it, or some shit like that. He doesn't say, Oh, god damn it. But he screams and he hits this flower pot in frustration. It f- just launches it right into the air. Like, my dude, he could have been like a fucking pro. Like the eye patch was saying, he could go pro, man. He could be playing the baseball or something because he knocks the shit out of this fucking uh, flower pant, plat, plant. At this point, um, Haruko exits, pursued by Blob. She explodes through the roof of the medical mechanical building, pursued by that Blob thing. And she flings... uh, She's still carrying Hidomi with her, and she flings her aside, Hidomi, and wails on this thing with her fucking... uh, 
uh, guitar a few times, finally knocking it and Ide, who is hanging on to it, attached to it, it seems, toward uh, Hidomi, who is flying through the air uh, at the same time. And it, they're flying toward each other, and it looks like they're going to kiss, but instead her face like lands right in his chest, and she blushes real hard, and her headphones whir like crazy, and a big light flashes around her, knocking Ide and, uh, and the goo thing away. And a huge, like, cloud blob, black blob thing comes out of her, and she is pulled up into it. And this one's a real weird one. Um, yeah, it's like a... It's it like looks a, like a giant fetus. Yeah, it looks like a fetus. And it even has, it like, like, a, a cable go, like, from it right, going straight into the ocean. Right, and it just made a junk. That's what led me to believe that maybe, um... Oh, dang, what is his name? Um, The main male character, I just lost his name. Ide? Uh, Ide, yes. Ide, uh, his might be like a placenta or something like that. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. I didn't yeah. even think of that. That's weird. Ugh. A fucking image. You know, people eat that way. shit, dude. I mean, so that's... Yeah, I don't... Anyway. You eat the placenta, dude? No, of course you gonna, not. You gonna do that? Can you... No. It's a miracle of birth, baby. Anyway, you're being weird. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, this giant thing pops out of her. She this big black blob. She she's pulled up into it. It sucks in a bunch of debris from around them. Uh, the like even the whole entire mecha- medical mechanical building, and it creates this vaguely fetus-like formation with a big red spot on it, like maybe where its eye would be. It's pretty freaky deaky looking. The potted plant then flies through the air because it was just hit by fucking Mori and nails Ida right in his stupid face, knocking him groundward, and he is caught by Jinyu's car. She is in the car. She is laying in the back seat because she's still a big cement turd. And she can't actually move. Um, and she says to him, you're the only one who can save Hidomi. And this is where Ide, wow, dude, I guess you finally get it. He says, yeah, that's, Hidomi's in that thing. That's not normal, right? No, Ide. No. No, it's not normal. <clears throat> He's like, there's been a lot of not normal stuff happening lately. You fucking think, bud? <laughs> like, holy shit. This goddamn kid, He's a real rocket science. She tells him, um... And then, uh, Jin Yu, as she, like, breaks out of her fucking... Well, she breaks her arms and legs yeah. out of this cocoon thing that she's stuck in. And then stands there, like, with the rest of it still around her with her arms crossed. Looking pretty badass, but real fucking goofy, like a big cement <laughs> yeah. banana man. Yeah, yeah. The, she looks very similar to the banana man at yeah. this point. She, uh, she says, if you can't draw the fireworks, then what? you may as well just shoot one. And then she, she says, or maybe you should be one. And she, as she breaks out of this thing, she, give, she throws uh, her guitar... To eating now, fireworks also have um, a very sexual meaning about using that because they're dick shaped. No, no, it's like you know, like whenever because you launch them and when they people blow go up. all the way or whatever, they say the fireworks are going off. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm. That's what I'm bringing in. All right, it's fireworks. Any fireworks happen? You know, sometimes a fireworks a firework, bud. Baby, you're a firework. Go and show them what you're worth. I hate that fucking song because it sounds exactly like. I didn't even uh, know if that was the song you were singing. But it I, wasn't. I, it wasn't. No, oh, okay. I was. I mean, you just you just said that. I just took a chance. <laughs> I hate that song because there's a bit of it that sounds exactly like the Erasure song, um, "Always." Because that song says, "Hold on to the night, there will be no pain." And then fucking Katy Perry's like, "Just on the sky, like the Fourth of July." And I'm like, "Bitch, you just ripped off Erasure. I don't give a shit." And I guess called Katy Perry a bitch. I'm sorry. That's very rude. 
Shit bums me out though. I see, this like, isn't I'm the Katy Perry is a bitch. It's not. Podcast, I'm just constantly man. like I, I I hear songs and I'm like that sounds exactly like this thing. Like fireworks, baby. You're a- All right, that's gonna be a spike on. The anyway, audio. what I'm saying. But is back that, to the shits. You know, I get what you're well, saying. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he throws. She throws. Uh. Ide her fucking guitar. Haruko is riding Ide's jazz now. master. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, smooth yeah. jazz. Haruko is riding Ide's blob now, like a fucking sky blob, a sky placenta. Yeah. Yeah. And she and the car are racing toward Hidomi's fetus, uh, <laughs> which is a fun sentence to say. And they're like launching attacks at each other and whatnot. Ide ends up knocked into the air, and as he's flying through the air toward this thing, he grabs, he pulls a has the guitar and he swings it overhand and like bam like nails it with the guitar as he lands on it and it like opens up a little bit and you see Hidomi like there and he like he's trying to wake her up he's like Hidomi Hidomi and nothing's happening she's not responding and Haruko lands behind him apparently having like bested Jinyu in her car and uh Haruko says um uh, says something about how uh, she doesn't have enough, huh? Uh, and she goes, she like takes a second to figure the word out, but she says sundere, right? That's that's her type, right? And uh, uh, that's her type, am I right? And uh, yeah, she starts. She's like tundra. Yeah, she's kind of talking. <laughs> she's kind of talking shit. And then Ide's like, uh, Ide tells her to stop. Like he's like being real serious because she's not responding. He's afraid she might be actually hurt. And. She tries to, uh, well, uh, she, he, she, he, like, when he says that, he's looking angry and he, like, kind of grabs her shoulder, like, grips it, and she actually goes, eh, like, she responds a little bit, and he's like, hey, don't me, hey, don't me, like, trying to wake her up. And she says, oh, I mean, I know how to fix this. And she, like, starts to, like, fucking nail her with the guitar, and fucking Ide just jumps in front and stops her and, like, won't let it happen. And Harko tells him, all right, well, maybe you should, uh, I mean, your voice can't reach her. Why don't you take off her headphones? And she'll be able to hear you, right? Makes sense. And Jinyu flying by as her car is like going down. It's like billowing smoke now. Tells him, no, don't do it. Um, Don't try to take them off. But he does. He grabs them and he tries to pull them off. And there's a series of things that happens. They were really fast. They clinch onto her head. You see a brief uh, image of what appears to be like a lock, like a crazy looking lock. Like it looks like the same material the headphones are made of with a little kitty symbol on it going chink and locking. And her fucking, you see then a brief shot of a, uh, like a, an x-ray of Hadomi's head and the headphones, like these two little, these fucking spikes go into her ears. Like to the point that they're sticking like behind her eyes, like they just drilled into, into her head, and they ain't coming off. Yeah, just pretty fucked up. But also, she got hit by a car and like real hard, and she was yeah, fine. she's, she's good, be she's okay. good, she'll be fine. She's like some kind of crazy robot person. We saw her turn into a robot. What the fuck is this show? Um, but yeah, crazy shit. Uh, a big lock up. It, it, they drill on, and they won't come off. The structure starts to crumble. They're going down, down an earlier round. I worked it in. And Jinyu, as they're all falling, uh, Haruko's just straight up falling. Everyone's just straight up falling. Jinyu apparently has the car working again and manages to catch the two kids. And as they land, Ide tries to wake up uh, Hibijiri, but it's still not working. Uh, she's still not waking up. And Jinyu says the emergency system has been activated. And Haruko says something like, ah, they're so sneaky, those bastards. 
And Hidomi finally stirs a little bit and she says the line from the beginning of the thing where she was like all happy, crazy Hidomi in her dream. She says, well, where'd she come from? It's me. Hidomi is right here. Yeah. And then Haruko and Jinyu appear to have a plan. They discuss it briefly and Haruko says something like, well, I guess I'll just have to take it to him then. There's no way for them to like get these things off without apparently shutting them down at the source. Uh, and we know they're medical mechanica. And Jinyu says, uh, our objectives may be different, but our target is the same. And fucking Haruko just says, yep, medical mechanica. And they're about to team up and fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that one. That's the end of our little recap yep. bit here. So what do you feel so far, man? Um, there We didn't go too much into the musical scenes and stuff. Yeah. But I've said this before. I really, really wish that they... They would turn it up. They had the music louder, yeah. Yeah. Because I think you could still hear the, the talking and stuff like that. In the first season, they have no problem doing it. Now, granted, they were probably uh, exploring a little more with it. Yeah. And they might think this is a more refined way. I think it's good. I, I think, think it, it, I, I think it could be better if it was just just a tidge louder. I just think it smidge. I think it works fine. Like I can hear what they're saying. I can hear the music. I think it's okay. I just I I can hear it. The I only specific was, parts I remember in the old series where the music got really louder bits where there wasn't any talking is what I'm saying. Yeah, but there's also like some super super action scenes in this one. Well, yeah. Just like the first one. The first one whenever the the music really kicked in was for the action. Sure, 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 sure. And there's a lot of lot of action and the music is just very quietly behind it. it yeah, just... no, I, I get what you're saying, man. That makes a lot of sense. But but overall, man, I I've really I enjoyed the series. I'm ready to go over the next 3 episodes. Yeah, which I'm really next week, which is uh, 4, 5 and 6. Just talking about these two characters, I'm really like genuine Harko. I'm really into their whole like mechanic, their dichotomy and whatnot mm-hmm. cuz they are like if we if we believe that Jin Yu said when Jin Yu said that like you're a part of me or I'm a part of you like we're the same person like all that shit that as it shows in like the outro that they did in fact split from or she split from Haruko it's pretty interesting because like they really are just the polar opposite even though they apparently have similar goals they both want to get back to Adamus to achieve to get with him to be with Adamus or whatever because he's like powerful and all that crazy shit but like yeah it's pretty interesting like whereas Jinyu is obviously like very stoic another way to say that is boring mm-hmm. or she's very responsible another way to say that is hard-assed that you've got Haruko who is very carefree another way to say that is reckless she is very uh wild and fun another way to say that is actually crazy so i really love like the way that they they play off of each other and this next mm-hmm. episode episode four that we're going to talk about next week gives us a pretty great series of scenes with them yep it absolutely does but um <clears throat> i you know going into this series i think everybody the whole world was skeptical uh after these whether, three episodes i was pretty into it yeah I, it, it's working for me it's working for me I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I mean, obviously, but, uh, once we finish up the next three episodes, we're going to get into our whole, like, our actual feelings about the whole thing as a whole. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, rem- I I really do. I, I like it. I don't know. It feels weird to me. But I do like it. Nothing wrong with it. No. It's good stuff. No. No, it's good. I don't think it's going to be hard to ever touch where what you feel about. I know I said I said before like when when they said that hey we're going to do another series or whatever I'm like oh yeah hell yeah I'm going to watch the fuck out of that I'm going to love it it's not going to be as good I will be disappointed if I think that but I'm going to enjoy it yeah yeah I mean, absolutely and, but, and like 
it's just it's going to be impossible, I think, for a lot of people to take those nostalgic yeah. goggles off. Like I, I do, I always like. I feel like I'm being an asshole, but like being so hard on this and like actually trying to tear it apart and like you know talk about like the details of it when like I've already said it's so like you can't do that with the original. Like if you yeah. try to do that, you're dumb because like it just doesn't work like that. It's got to be fun and crazy and carefree. <clears throat> like I want this one to be that, but at the same time, there's like so much about it that I just doesn't really work for me. I don't know, but we'll get to that in the yeah. next episode. Yeah, we'll get we'll get through it. Um, let's go ahead and head over to a question. We do have. We got a some question. questions. We got we a question from a, from a we caller. Got a question. One caller. It's from our good buddy Ellison. Oh shit, my boy Tuki. Yeah, man, he hasn't he hasn't asked in a while, so I'm glad he to gave hear me, from him. He gave me so much shit at work. Hey, I told you about that, and you deserved it. He walked up and was like calling me the Weeb Master General and shit. You are. No. no. You are, dude, and it's okay. We accept you for it. Anyway. You're the weebiest member of this podcast. Absolutely not. Completely false. You own... You have a fucking Osaka throw blanket, which for as for the first several years... Not the first several years. For a good chunk of your life that I knew you, you hung above your bed so that you could lay on your back and look at it. Like, what the fuck? Dude? I don't recall that, dude. You absolutely... You said on this podcast it was above your bed, like, hanging Maybe it you. was up there so my girlfriend could look at it. Did you ever think in about your, that? In your fucking, in your fucking uh, single bed that uh, no one else sat in, like, like laid in or whatever. Like, come on. You know I didn't have a single bed. You, like you know had, that you I had can't, like a queen. There. You know that I can't fit on a twin. I'm too long. You are a large man. <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right, I'm what's the question? I've, I've took away from Tookie's time okay. for too long. Give it to me. He asks, "What do you think of the shallow focus on the characters in exchange?" For more depth in the overarching narrative from the original show. Hmm. So, essentially... We're talking about, like, FLCF versus Progressive, obviously. Yes. Yeah, versus that. Because uh, Progressive definitely has... None of the characters are fleshed out like Nauta was. Yeah, I don't the think so. The only one that is, is is Haruka, and she's already been fleshed out. Yeah, it's hard for me to talk about this without getting, like, my problems with the series as a whole, which I wanted to say for next week. But the, the, the short version is, for me... Who was the main character of FLCO, the first series? Nauta. It was Nauta. It was yeah. undoubtedly Nauta. He was the main guy. There were all these other supporting characters, his dad, Conti, his schoolmates, Haruko being obviously the most chief among them. But the show was about Nauta. My problem, one of my big problems here is that from these first three episodes, you would say Hidomi. Yeah. These next three, it's absolutely Haruko. Yeah. It's undoubtedly the Haruko show, which is not bad necessarily. Yeah, no, that's It's true. just that it... it it follows a lot of the same beats as the original one to the point that, I mean, the final episode is, the last, like, ten minutes or so is, like, damn near word for word, you know? With a few pretty glaring exceptions, but shit happens. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I think for me, that's one of my biggest issues, that they didn't, instead of, like, giving you, like, a, a deep dive into one character, they kind of split it among a bunch of them, which, again, is not a bad thing, and yeah. I think... That's something I want to talk about. Like, okay, let's just bring this up now. When we first started talking about, before we either of us even watched the fucking show, yeah. we were talking about, uh, yeah, it's fully coolie. This is fully coolie progressive, and then later we're getting fully coolie alternative. I think in October, mm-hmm. right? 
And I was like, we, we were both like, what's the progression of alternative thing about? And I was like, well, I figured my first thought was that it was like different types of music since music is such a big part of this. What with the guitars yeah. and the, you know, the rebellion right. of it and the rock shit and all the great soundtrack soundtrack that it was like progressive rock and alternative rock. If I accept that it is progressive rock, progressive rock is mostly defined by like using classical rock, like influence and shit and switching it up. But it all has like that same root. Whereas alternative mu- rock yeah. tends to be like a complete rejection of that. It's totally new changes. shit. It like, changes, but it, it still changes. has the same classical roots. It's like the same basic, you know, fundamentals, but like you fuck with it a little bit. Yeah. Which to me, if I'm accepting that, then if Fooly Cooly is the Coca-Cola classic and this is progressive, it makes sense to me that it does say it does like hit a lot of the same beats, but in very different ways. Yeah. Whether it's necessarily better so you're or worse. It's vanilla Coke. No, I'm saying it's Coke with lime. Now. Oh man, that is a good fucking Coke, man. Now, in a minute, when we, I'm with that in mind, I'm really hoping that Alternative just dumps some vodka in that bitch. It's Coke with vanilla. No, it's not Coke at all. I love vanilla. It's a Coke. fucking. It's yeah. a fucking. Dr. Cherry Dr. Pepper is what I'm hoping Cherry for. Cherry Vanilla Dr. Pepper? Yes. Mm. That's what I'm looking for with Alternative. I want it to just fuck me up all the way. Yeah. And I'm already looking to the future and already saying what I feel about this show as a whole. But yeah. that's where I'm at, kind of. If, yeah. that, if that is what they're going for with Creative Alternative, it makes sense to me if that's the case. Yeah. Okay. I really want... I If that is true... Man, I can't wait for Alternative. I think you're thinking a little too hard into it. I think I maybe. might be as well. Um... I think to to my answer for for our good buddy Tookie's question Tookie, Tookie. is that um, I I quite enjoyed the way they did the original series. Yeah, I like that they focused on on the characters on Nauta, on Haruko, on Mumimi um, a little more. You know, there were side characters, but your your main like squeeze characters there. Mm-hmm. They were. I really liked them fleshed out. I really liked those characters. Mm-hmm. And this one, you have Haruko, who I really like. But it's not. I don't like her because of this series. I like her because of the last series. Yeah, it feels, feels right different. And and I like I like how the first series was a a chaotic mess almost. Mm-hmm. I I like that. I like that. You know, you really really have to work. This is like Zelda timeline here. You really have to stretch to put a story to it. The thing I there think, is a story there, but to put all the pieces together, yeah, man, it's it's up for interpretation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I and think, this one, this one has more of those pieces. Sorry, I don't mean to keep no, you're cutting good, you're you good, off. You're good. Um, this I one has already. <laughs> more of those pieces that that fall into place. It's like you're finding like a like a jigsaw puzzle. It's all scattered about. You're starting in this in the original Fooly Cooly. You're going with middle pieces. This one, you're, mm-hmm. it's the same puzzle, but you're working in a line on the bottom or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little easier to put together. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. Is that that I know that analogy that, probably no, that, isn't great. That makes sense to me. Um, but I like I like both Kinda. of them, but I I do prefer the more character driven thing in the yeah. in the first the first series. I think. One thing I was just thinking about. I don't hate the way they're doing progressive. No, no I, don't, me, I don't. Me neither. I'm, I, I think. I think it's a fine show. I think that the fact that 
you are naturally going to hold it up to the previous series. Makes you have it to, really, really difficult. Yeah, you have to because you don't really have a choice. That's what's happening here. But it, it kind of... You want to say it's unfair to compare it to that, but you have to. That's what yeah. it is. It's season two, basically. I think one thing that I was just thinking of that really bums me out, kind of, is that, like, like we, like I said, I really enjoy like the dichotomy of Jinyu and Haruko, but the fact that they gave that they put in another person who is essentially on Haruko's level of like you know power level and whatnot, and we see them do battle quite a few times. The fact that they did that. Like, you almost, you have to have her be a foil to Haruko. Like, she's kind of, it kind of makes Haruko a villain. Because it's hard to look at this and say she's a hero. With all, like, how she's, like, taking advantage of these kids and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Particularly that one scene where, like, she literally had fucking Hadomi strapped down to a table and was undressing her and, like oh, what do I got to do to make you go crazy? Like, what the fuck? That was, like, weird. It's, I know, like, maybe that's, I feel like that, like, the direction I was going with that is how you're supposed to feel about it because, holy shit, she literally has her strapped on the table. Yeah. But, like, it... To be it, fair in this one, too, uh, you, you now know for sure with uh, 100% certainty that she is after Adamus. Well, yeah. She wants him. But, like, that was, that was, like, that's the thing about the first, like, the first series, it was enough for her to be, like, kind of a crazy person who, like, not, I keep saying crazy person, but kind of a, uh, a wild character who, like, is there to fix the shit when it goes wrong, mm-hmm. like, and it, as it invariably does when, like, the robots pop out of someone's head, like, she's the one who takes care of it and handles it, and then later Conti does as well, but, like, she's always there, like, she is the, the, like, She's the white rabbit into that wild, wild universe that they end up in. Like taking Nauta from being like just a normal dude, a kid who just wants to like be normal and go to school and whatnot into holy shit, you're knocking meteors away from the earth with a guitar like that kind of shit. Whereas in this one and then at the very end of that, you got that line, like I said, where she was like, no, I'm after Asimus. I'm the one who wants to eat him. I, I want that. That's what I want. Whereas with this one, that's it like the whole time. And it's really hard to not look at that and say, well, yeah, she's the bad guy. And not just a bad, like they're trying to make her like, oh, she's mm-hmm. the heel. She's the face. She's not even a good heel. She's just a bad guy. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know. It feels weird, but yeah, she's I, it's the, not that I, I don't hate it. I do enjoy this show. I have enjoyed it so far. And yeah. Yeah. I, I don't hate it either. There, there are things definitely I can pick out. And mm-hmm. who would who would have freaking thunk that, you know, we were going to be here picking things out about it. Yeah, I mean, here the we entire go. world, you know, I tell you, I tell you one thing. Like, I re, I was, I was thinking, hey, we're gonna do this series that just aired, and like, it's really huge, and everybody loves it. We're gonna get a lot of views on this one. They definitely heard like the first half a minute where you started quoting the Fallout Boy song and turned this bitch off. You're gonna look at your <laughs> analytics, and it's gonna be like, oh yeah, we're gonna billion people, boom, drop off half a minute in. Maybe I should just cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> but all right my only other critique about this show is and and there's no there's no undoing it you can't undo it just i would really love the music to be louder i mean yeah compare compare little busters in the first series whatever, yeah, whatever when that song cranks compared to the time that he played it in this one yeah oh that's real flat dude that's fine your coke with lime just went flat it's all right. You left it outside too long. Yeah, it's just regular. It's Coke Zero now. Oh no! That's been opened. Don't do that. 
It's got stevia or some shit in it. No, it's got a, <laughs> what's that shit called? Sweet and low. Uh, asper- aspartame? Aspartame? Yeah, aspartame, dude. That's, that's Is what it aspartame? Yeah. Aspartame. I it's aspartame. Knew. Aspartame. It's got aspartame. That shit will, don't drink that shit. It's bad for you. Yeah. That's, Fuck you up. I mean, that's those sugars that I was, like stevia and shit like that. Splenda, sweet lady, and low. This lady I follow online, she make comic book. She said a friend of hers uh, was big on the Coca-Cola products. Diet Cokes and the Coke Zeros, and apparently she can't have babies now. <laughs> nice. I'm not saying causation correlation, but <laughs> I sure as hell ain't drinking yeah. no diet sodas. Yeah. I don't drink soda in general. Drink water; it's good for you. I drink some soda, but it, hey, Roger, I turn my little busters up with it. All right. Let's both take a second to enjoy a sip of water. <sighs> good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a Brita filter. You got a, you got, what is that? It's thing? a big old thermos full of filtered water. What are those, uh, what like are a, those little cooler cups called? It's a thermos. There's a name for it. It's them. like a thermos. They're really, really popular ones. It's not a, a I don't know. I don't know what you're you talking about. You don't know about. what I'm talking about? Do I mean, the the only reason, the only a way yeti, I would, A Yeti. A cup. Yeti. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't go trucking in mud and I definitely <laughs> wouldn't know what that's called. Like, come on. <laughs> All right. What's the fucking Baylor well, kids have? Yeah, dude. I'm calling you out, Baylor kids. You're fine, I guess. You're fine, I guess. Uh, okay, you man. guys are nice. Don't, don't we have a good have buddy that goes to that goes to Baylor? Don't we have a good buddy? Yeah, we do. Okay. I like all my friends. So, all my friends did. Next week, be sure you tune in for the final three episodes of Aggressive, and then a couple months down the road, uh, September we'll talk is when about it airs. We'll yeah. talk about alternative, probably in October. Brandon might get to miss those Halloween episodes of spooky animes woo, now, dude. I just really Spookies. don't give a shit about spooky animes. Well, we gotta watch something spooky. Especially, especially the Ginger Eat Duck collection, because I've, I've already read all those comics. We'll talk about it later. I figure out what we're watching after this one, because it's only two episodes, we'll and then we're done with it. We'll talk about it later. Alright, so let's Zip. take us out. You can find us. Where at, Brandon? Oh, we're on the... You got the Facebook group. That's uh, the one Good thing Buddies you do. Universe. Good Buddies Universe. We're also on the Twitter. TGB underscore anime pod, and that's all lowercase. We do have the Tumblr. That's thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on YouTube where you may be listening to this right now, Rapid Kick Media, yep. of course. That's also the Instagram where you can find uh, approximately one good buddy. No, two two good buddies photos there. You didn't get another one of me, did you? No, wasn't no, it was, a, it was a picture fucking, of, of a box monster. set. Um, um, we also do have, uh, of course, you can hear us wherever fine podcasts are sold, even though they don't actually sell this one. We're on the Stitchers. We're on the Podbeans. We're yep. not on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. I it's use Podcast place, Addict. Really. Um, but yeah, beyond that, oh, of course, we have the Gmail where you can send us your questions and comments. Yeah, the Good Buddies Anime Pod at gmail.com. Didn't have to spell it. Said it one. Got it in one, Roger. You fucking nailed it. T-E-G-E-D. Did you say T-E-G? You said T-E-G. Yeah, I spelled the whole thing H. That was supposed to be the joke. Okay. Congratulations. I mean, here I thought you were... I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you did fuck it up, though. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, you, you wouldn't just, be shocked. You're so bad at everything. T-H-E-G-O-O-D-B-U-D-D-I-S-A-N-I-M-E-P-O-D at gmail dot C-O-M. It's the worst use of airtime ever. <sighs> they made it this far, dude. Hey, man, you fucking nailed it. Anyway, 
that's it for the for the plugs, I believe. We do have our good buddies. Uh, Ma- I would like to, of course, Married give a Monsters. Yeah, shout out to our good buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, aka the Mary Janes. Uh, you can find them on Spotify, but if you really want to be cool, they are on marriedwithseamonsters.bandcamp.com. That's where the cool shit is, including our opening theme, which is, of course, called A Paper Doll. Paper doll. We also have our good buddy Petty Theft, uh, which you can find. Uh, he, he gave us our outro, which we still don't have a solid name for, but I've got to tell you, Sweet Anime Dreams is sounding right. Uh, send us in any comments and uh, suggestions if you want to give us a, a different name for that one. We'll... Uh, We'll just round them all up and vote on it. But uh, you can find him on both, is it Twitter and SoundCloud? Yep. Under Petty Theft. That's two P's, two T's. Petty Theft. He's really great. Good shit. And I think that's it for us, buddy. You're taking us out. That's this it. Week, right? Now I'm going to take us out. So from all of us here at the Good Buddies Anime, uh, Good Buddies Universe, I'm, I'm so hot. I'm sweating. I'm sorry. From all of us here at the Good Buddies Universe, I'm your good buddy, Brandon. And I'm your good buddy, Roger. And don't forget to swing that bat.